And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're repping the 49ers <laughs> shirt proudly tonight. Yeah. Maybe not so proudly with hey, that dude. voice. Hey, James. I mean, man, I, we've lost three in a row as well here, too, so. So, Misery loves company at this table, I think it is. <laughs> Brent, Brent pointed out that he and his dad discovered today that no football team that any of the three of us root for has won a game in, in the month of October. The month of October. Whoa, 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 whoa. College whoa. on up. I bet. Whoa. I'm a Calgary Stampeders fan, <laughs> and they're 1-0. They beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Hey, James, can you guess who the quarterback is for the Calgary Stampeders? Former UC Davis quarterback. Oh, really? I have a guess. What do you think, Mike? Jake Mayermeyer? Jake Mayermeyer. Right. He's the guy I want to know. Really? So I'm following the CFL now to find wins. <laughs> the CFL is where, where great big sky oh quarterbacks go. <laughs> Live in infamy for the next 15 years. Mostly Davis and Eastern QBs. And SAC <clears throat> QBs as well, too, I suppose. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And Dave is up there. You yeah, know. that's right. We're coaching. <laughs> coaching. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you think, bud? <laughs> Are you just not did, talking today? It's going to make for a short intro. Did your dad let you stay up and watch the game? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're yawning. And so he's yawning on the mic. Um, what was your uh, What was your prime takeaways from last night's this morning's game? The targeting call, or not the targeting call? The guy that targeted. Yeah, knocked Johnson yeah. out of the game. That was a big swing in the game because I mean the guy got ejected, but. He also knocked our QB out. Yeah, changed the changed the way the offense worked, huh? Former Grizz quarterback Shea Smithwick Han Han had an interesting tweet that I want you to comment on, James. Um, he thought that if a player who gets called for targeting uh, knocks out the opposing team's quarterback, you know their quarterback, their starting quarterback has to sit too. What do you think about that? Interesting. Did he say that last night? Or he tweeted that, it. Yeah, he tweeted, he it. tweeted it last night. Somehow I missed that in all of angry Twitter. The yeah, I mean, there's a lot of right. We could just do a whole pot on angry Twitter from last night. There was, there was some was ang- anger on Twitter last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta tell the story. Brent's gonna be embarrassed. <laughs> Brent was, you know, <laughs> Brent was spitting All right. fire. I'm super hungover, Luke, but hand me a beer. <laughs> on um, the, yeah. the Twitter last night. I don't know if oh, anybody God. noticed this, um, but he was so fired up that he left the Big Sky Podcast Network <laughs> chat. Like, rage quit. Literally rage quit. And nobody was saying anything negative. It no, was like my therapy session. <laughs> and he just left. Yeah. And then he stopped responding to text messages until this morning. Because I went to bed. <laughs> he was done. I was over it. I want a coffee table book of Brent's deleted tweets. Oh. <laughs> Did you set the security settings on your uh, on your account? Um, can everybody see that video still? Yeah. Oh, good. I think so. Because that needs to stay up. James, oh, no. I've been taking that video down. James. Um, I blocked some obnoxious sack fans, but yeah. What, uh, what do you want to talk about? Anything? What are you going to be for Halloween? Brandon Ayuk. All right. Oh, because last week it was uh, Aaron Judge. Now changing your mind, huh? Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk. You can do that. You're not going to be Christian McCaffrey? 
No. Not too. The new. jersey was already ordered. Gotcha, gotcha. How did the uh, the jogathon go? Good. Yeah. How'd you do in your age group? Mm, good. Yeah. Man, why are you not talkative today? <laughs> I'm tired. All right, fair enough. It's because we stayed up until one in the morning watching football last night. Are you guys going to dress up for Halloween? No. I mean, I wasn't intending on it, but James says that my wife got me something. <gasps> I can't oh. wait to hear what this is in like two weeks. <laughs> I'm, she's sitting in the kitchen. I'm kind of hoping that she'd tell us now. No. Guess not. No. Okay. <clears throat> okay. We have to point out, there's an audience to watch James. This is a section a segment of the pod tonight. Who's here? Aaron, my aunt. Yeah. <laughs> my sister Aaron, fan of the pod, uh, is is here watching the intro. She actually asked, can I watch the intro? She didn't say, can I hang out for the whole pod? <laughs> can I watch the intro? Do you, uh, do you think it's fair that everybody likes you and then turns it off and doesn't listen to us? Hey, our downloads are the same, so, you know. Yeah, we get paid either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's, it's, this is a tough one what do you think is going to happen the rest of the Grizz season like where do they go from here yeah well they probably the way Lucas Johnson got hit they probably won't he may start next game against Weber yeah that's an interesting one that we're going to need to talk about because he I mean, obviously, he got hit in the head, and you should take his helmet yes. away. But he certainly was engaged on the sidelines. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't seem hurt. Right. So I take that as a good sign. James, we got four games left in the regular season. What do you think we're going to be? Four and zero, oh, three and one, two and two. Probably three and one or two and two. Okay, well, that's a fair assessment. Can you believe that the um, Weber State State player snapped the ball? four times over the punter's head for safeties. Yeah, I watched that today. Four <laughs> safeties in one game. Set a record. Yeah, an FCS record with yeah. the fourth. That's crazy. You and I um, both having having played a lot of a position of center in our football careers. That's tough, right? You know, you got to feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Let's hope he does it eight times next week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That will help us. What do you think? Do you think Weber coming off that close sloppy loss? Are they going to be fired up to play us? Or are they not good? Fired up. They're going to want rival on the other Montana team. You think so? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be fun to go to Weber? Mm-hmm. He won't take me. Oh, really? He won't take you? Even if he goes. Who said that? You. I don't no, think I didn't. said any such thing. Well, Luke, Sample, me, mm-hmm. and you Yay. are going to Weber. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to brag to all my friends. <laughs> Finally, you got to talk about something. Oh, wow. That's his first smile this whole time. Um so that'll be fun, but just in case. Wait, are we flying? Nope. Oh, God. You're road tripping with Mike and Luke and Kyle. <laughs> um, how long is it? Eight hours. 
one Do way. Do we have to take a bumpy road again? No, it's a different route. We'll go a different route. It's not Boise. James is hearkening back to our trip to the basketball tournament. Got a little car sick going over the pass. A little. I threw up two times. I remember. I cleaned it up. <laughs> yeah. We stopped on the road for like an hour. We needed some Daryl. Um, but just in case the game doesn't go the Grizz way, do you think we should do something else fun while we're there? Yeah. Have you ever been to an NBA game before? Uh, <laughs> Luke's buddy no. is getting us tickets to the Utah Jazz game next Saturday Against night. Against who? The mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant? I get to see John Morant play. And Donovan Mitchell. And Steven Adams. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> yeah, I get to see a mermaid play. What do you think about that? I don't even get that joke. What? He's like... He has ocean tattoos, so they call him the mermaid of the NBA. <laughs> Is that real? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's either the ocean god or the mermaid. I don't know what to do with this. I hope this isn't a terrible you... thing you learned on YouTube that you're repeating right now. Okay. Merman. <laughs> Merman. <laughs> Merperson. All right. Um, so are you in? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to miss a little bit of school on Friday. <laughs> it's a long car ride a lot of driving wait i'm just missing school fully or just like half of it probably the half second half of the day all right well i mean let me know if you want to go <laughs> we better say thanks to luke for having a buddy that can get his tickets thanks. say shout out kellen clark although we do still need to get weber tickets so if anybody listening has got a hook up for you know a good one or sideline passes let us know i want sideline passes no me too we had them before we had them once before once we went yeah. hmm? you weren't there you weren't there hmm. there's three of us you were young all right well let's do your picks james yeah man yeah let's do it um okay a couple bye weeks this week so not as many games we've got four games first one portland state goes to eastern washington eastern eastern uh-huh. cal poly goes to uc davis uc davis idaho goes to sacramento sacramento yeah grizz go to weaver It really just depends on what cue starts for me. So, so if Lucas Johnson's if Luke healthy, if Lucas Johnson starts. Probably Grizz. And if nope, we're gonna speak that into existence. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Johnson starts, Grizz wins. Grizz that's win. what you're saying. Well, that's what we're saying. All Boom. Right. <clears throat> Anything else you want to chat about? Oh my God, who the kid are you? <laughs> I was just about to say you need to be really good this week to not mess up your trip with us to Weber. <laughs> are you, are you glad, good, bud? Glad yeah. you got that All out of right. the way. Love you. Get out of here. <laughs> Man, oh this mic Lord. before more, before yeah, more shut action. Shut this off. It's off. Yeah. It's all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is the first, just for those of you kind of listening and wondering what we're laughing about, this is the... First time in the history of the pod that we're going to have to edit out uh, James's content. But, you know. 
clarification, not for like swearing. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, no. I say let it stand. I, say- <laughs> I think we're gonna have to keep a clip. Maybe, maybe put it on the Twitter, the oh, little Twitter no. clip. I think it, if we had a producer, they would, they would keep that for any one of our bad takes. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Oh my lord. <laughs> Whose kid is that? (laughs) (sighs) That's one way to start a pot. I love it. (laughs) You know, he wasn't talkative because he's a little backed up. (laughs) All right. So, well, fellas. Oh, my God. Here we are. It's Sunday night. Yeah. Can we just talk about Weber? We can. Uh, no, no way. No way. All right. <laughs> I need I need to get this out of my heart, Michael. Oh, good. <sighs> that was so tough. That was real tough because the Grizz were prepared for this game. Oh, yeah. You and can tell. The frustrating thing, I mean, in the, this Grizz team that played sack, if half that team shows up against Idaho, we probably win that game by double digits. Mm. And so – it makes that Idaho loss even just a little, it's just stings a little more in that sense of like, that was a prepared and ready to go Grizz team that I think showed they had a plan that can keep the number one offense in the, in the big sky under wraps as best as possible. And unfortunately, um, you know, it didn't go their way at the end for a multitude of reasons, but there wasn't just one despite one or two things, you know, especially by me continually being brought up, but it was a tough damn loss. That was just heartbreaking in some regards. So, uh, so let's start. Let's start with the good. Like you mentioned, the defense. I mean, we're we're probably not going to see another offense like that the rest of the regular season. Not that skilled. With, not that yeah, yeah. Complete of an offense. complete of an offense. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they definitely run it better than they pass it. Yeah, and they, but they, they passed pretty well. Yeah. Dunaway looked bad. Um, or, yeah. And Scatterbo um, <clears throat> looked great, but it was also, I think, the most contained, if that makes sense, yeah. he's been this year. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the Grizz defense did a good job. Yeah. Scatterbo had uh, 111 yards, and he's averaging, that's like 30 or 20 to 25 below his average. I didn't, I didn't completely understand their game plan. And it, partly, I think, it was because they were behind, so they didn't have their running QB Asher in nearly as much yeah one thing that does worry me a little bit is when they brought him in they ran with him the same way montana state runs with tommy Mallott. yeah and the grizz struggled to stop it and so they, i worry about that yeah yeah and, and you know i think um but yeah i mean i mean the positive side of things i think i mean it really felt like there was when you look back at both the Idaho State and the Idaho game, where it's just like there was so much. We've talked so much about this. Both sides, not both sides of the ball, more more uh, offensively than defensively. You're just like, what are they trying to do, right? We've talked about this on this pod previously. Like, I don't even know what the identity is. And it felt like the game plan going into this was um, ball control, limit mistakes, force them into situations that where they can't just, you know, pound the rock consistently and i mean grizz were plus three in turnovers kind of right yeah. i mean depending on how, the way and, you classify that that onside kick so it's like i mean and their time of possession was 
37 minutes, almost 38 minutes, you know? So it's like, there's like so many positives that came out of this where it was like, I felt like we had the right plan. Well, I, I, I don't feel like it. I, I know no, we they absolutely did. We just didn't execute on it in the perfect way. And there's a couple things that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you let a team hang around and, and you don't take advantage of turnover and tournament and big points. And yeah. that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Johnson, that the freaking hit, the targeting on Johnson, yeah. I mean, it completely changed the game. Chris were five for five on third downs at that point. Yep. Um, and, you know, the offense with Brown, it just looks different, and we'll talk about that. But uh, either way, we left too many opportunities for points on Absolutely. the field. Absolutely. You know, we missed three field goals or two? It was two. Two field goals. Um. <sighs> I, yeah, I, I don't like to go too deep into Twitter, but I did. And there's actually some guy named Pat Call. He's an MSU fan who I think had a pretty uh, pretty good tweet. Uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, when you have a four-plus turnover mar- margin and a two-score lead midway through the fourth quarter, like you basically you have to close that game out. Yeah. And we didn't. We yeah. let him, like Mike... We let him hang around. Let him off the hook. Let him off the hook. <laughs> and Sack's a good team. And good teams find a way to win. And they did. You they know? did. And we didn't. Yep. And that's one of those things where it's just like, obviously, you know, backup QB and stuff like that, but it felt the whole game like the conclusion was inevitable. And I hate to kind of be that guy because it was like there were moments even in the game where it's like, oh, my God, even with, with Brown and with the backup QB, and like we might pull this off. Um, but despite all of that, you know, they could have won except for that goddamn onside kick. Yeah. This is four weeks in a row now where a team has kicked off to us and ended up with the ball. But the last two, like, I mean, last week was inexcusable. Idaho. Idaho kicking the onside kick because they saw something on tape. How on earth? They let that happen again. What that tells me is that Troy Taylor watched the same film, recognized what they were doing, and recognized in the game that the Grizz hadn't made the correction. And you know we can we can I mean it's probably a player error. I mean I'm sure the coaches talked about it all week. Yeah. But oh my god, like. Yeah, and and the other the other thing is we don't have Lucas Johnson, and so if. The Grizz do recover. It wasn't like they were super intimidated by the offense at that point. They're like, whatever, we'll give them the ball at the 45. Man, they could have at least run some more time off. Something, right? And that's something I thought we did do well. Yeah, I I was really pessimistic about the O-line coming out of last week. They probably had their best game. They showed heart. Like, they looked so good on Saturday night. Um, Grizz had 200 yards rushing, average 3.7 per carry. mm -hmm. Two rushing touchdowns, no sacks given up. Um, <clears throat> I don't even <clears> – <throat> let's see. I'd have to look at the stats. I don't even know if sack like had like – they had a couple. So they had three tackles for loss. Yeah, Osmo and Knight. Just, they they rolled. They looked so good. They did. It's the best Knight's looked. He seems to be healthy now. Um, so I was like, you're right. If we recover that onside attempt, we we probably bleed – Minute, right? Yeah, because I mean, they've been getting some first downs. Like, it's. I, I mean, you look at it, yeah. There, there's. I mean, this game is full of what ifs. You know, what if Ramos. Well, because the second one got 
Someone got a hand on it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The second miss, I should yeah. say. Um, so, yeah, what if Ramos is two for three or three for three? Uh, you know, people bring up kind of the way the end of the first half went down where it was just kind of, you know, concede the clock and the time and not try to set up a better uh, situation there. Um, you know, there, there's just like a whole bunch of little pinpointed moments um, that kind of led to the, the final score as it was. And the way the end of this game went with Sack scoring, what, the last 17 points to go away and finish the winner. So, yeah. Um, have you ever seen a game where a team gets two big penalties, which they deserved, but managed to knock two crucial players for the other team out of the game? Yeah. Because, <clears throat> obviously, you know, the hit on Johnson, yep. knocked out of the game. Took yep. his helmet away, took his pads away, didn't come back. Right. But the fair catch interference on Bergen, I think he broke a finger. Yeah, or dislocated because he didn't come back in, nope. and he was in pain. I mean, and it's like they I, they got the penalty, but it just sucks, and it's just bad luck because it's like I mean the guy didn't intentionally hurt Bergen's hand, but it's just like it's funny seeing some Sac State people saying that the Grizz got all the breaks in that game. It's like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. No way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, I'd much rather have not got the targeting and had Johnson for the whole game. Yeah, we lose Johnson. We lose Bergen. Those are breaks that go against our way. And then, not not to invoke... I don't want to go there yet. Jeez, <laughs> Louise the officiating there was some there's some dubious moments um that did not did not change the tide of the game necessarily like there are things we could have picked up sure but there were breaks that didn't go our way in that phase yeah Yeah. and here's the thing about that like you see people saying like well stop complaining about the officiating you got to make plays and that's all true like we we are adults watching a game we don't have to prepare for next week we're just fans we can Think about two things at once. Mm-hmm. And one of those things can be how crappy the officials were, and the other one can be all the things UM did wrong <laughs> that cost them the game. Right. We are able Absolutely. to think about both those at the same time. So yep. that being said, I mean, I don't that catch, like I He was out. He was out. And I guess like our friend Clixby explained that this is a big side conference problem where again, because of the cheapness of this conference that you've heard us bitch and moan about. Yeah. They the rule for replay is they can only use the cameras that are that are standard at every stadium in the Big Sky. So they weren't able to use well, the ESPN even, feed. They probably didn't even see that. They probably ESPN. didn't see that. They only get to see, use the end zone cameras and the wide um, camera from one side of the stadium. Perfect. And that's it for replay. And it's just like, what's the point of having replay? I just it's it's not that expensive. Like high quality photo, like everyone's holding a supercomputer in their freaking hand with like high resolution right. photo and video ability, right? Yeah. Like yep. you you spend mount you a camera on four? each sideline. Yeah, you could mount it. I was even thinking you had someone run it, and I'm like, whatever. You pay him twenty five bucks an hour, yeah. and three cameras or four cameras, and you've got that's less than a thousand bucks for the whole football season, right? I mean. I'm like, give give me a break. We, you know, of all the all the things the conference does to in, increase the quality of the game, and, and they've done a lot over the years. But like, this is a no brainer. It's super simple, 
And it's wild to me that people, fans on the sidelines, can have clearer shots of what happens on the field than like our the referees in the replay booth. Yeah, I just it blows me away. And then you know, <clears throat> um, one of the three of us in this pod broke down the the catch <laughs> video, you know, <laughs> clip by clip, and showed very clearly that it was. F and out. Um, that has 30,000 views on Twitter. I know. <laughs> That's insane. So I was like, God, don't delete this in the morning. Don't delete this one in the morning. You got to leave that up. Um, but then it's been interesting to see, you know, some Sac State fans like screenshot like random things and say, oh, he was clearly in. And it's like, if his right foot, like if he's catching the ball as his right foot still his, touching, yeah. he wasn't, he hadn't finished ball the catch wasn't in his hands. Yeah. I mean, no. his hands weren't even clasping it. So it's like, you you actually have to complete the catch one, but two, the right foot was touching out of bounds. Even on one of the f- clips that people are are sharing, yeah, on to be like, oh, it was a catch. It was like it's clearly touching out of bounds. Like right. it just, I mean, the call went your way, so just leave it at that. But yeah. stop trying to convince us that it was a catch. Yeah, and I mean, such a pivotal <clears throat> moment too, because it was a fourth down. It was fourth down. The turnover on downs it wound up turning into a Sacramento touchdown. I yeah. think it was. But so, I will say, as yeah. you know, as our buddy Tyler Hobbs said, that was, that was an excellent point that he made. Yep. Better, better coverage, and we're not even in this situation. Exactly. And he's not wrong. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that I mean, that's just that mentality of like the focusing on what you can control, because like the Montana Grizzlies can't force the refs to overturn stuff even on like where it appears blatantly on the video the guy was out you know the one thing that they definitely could have done better there was tighter coverage on the guy um disrupting the ball something like that because that is like the one good thing to point the one observable thing is this guy's catching the ball is that his coverage is not in the frame a couple steps behind him yeah so yeah i mean not great I don't think I can talk about that anymore. So let's talk about the officials for another minute and then move on from the officials. They were bad. Yeah. Um, what, what frustrates me is when refs swallow their whistle in big moments at the end of games. Mm. And it's, it's one thing if you consistently call that all game or call something one way. Mm-hmm. But those, those last two passes for Brown in overtime – the guy was touching him. Now, the one, um, Flowers fell down. So I think that one's probably hard to call. Yeah. But the other one, the last play of the game, they could have called P.I. Yeah, arm extends. Yeah. Absolutely could have. And they basically called that. They um, Walker got called on that one earlier. Yeah. Where the, the receiver pushed off of him. And then Walker's trying to fight off and go back. And they call it on Walker. Yeah. I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, they, they, the refs had an impact on the game. And it doesn't change the fact that the Grizz could have made plays. They could have made better coaching decisions. All those can be true. But in a game that goes into overtime, the refs also had an impact on the game. And I can't think of a big call that Montana got a lucky break on that screwed Sack in that game. No. I mean, I can't either. You could have a broader discussion about the officiating, too, because I think we... But did you watch the cat game as well, too? I did, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of bad stuff in that game. <laughs> um, I had the split screen on with the Idaho game on the other side. Um, there was a lot of weird stuff there as well, too. I mean, it's just – we talk about this a lot, especially when it comes to basketball as well, too. When we've had Coulter on here and just talking about the conference and their sourcing of officials, officiating crew – 
I mean, it could be the, it's just, it's the unfortunate nature of the conference and the level that we're in. I don't think it's really going to change much. I, I don't know, but it's bad. It's bad all around. It would be really hard to be an official. You know, it, I guess it, it's yeah. always been hard to be an official. It would be really hard to be an official. And <laughs> like, if you're starting out, like you're 18, like, oh, I'm going to start doing high school football games or wherever you start, middle school, uh, just with, with how, how clear we can get video anymore. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. you're really exposed for everything bad. People, I feel, are like just jerks anymore <laughs> about it. Including Grizz fans. Including Some of them on fans. Twitter last night. Not, not, a little bit embarrassing, guys. Chill a little bit. But, like, it would be... Not you, Brent. Not you. No, It would be really hard to, like, get good because, like, the people that, um, the people that last will, like, they're got to be sociopaths or, like, narcissists, (laughs) right? right? Like, to not be affected by it. I don't know. This, yeah. And now I'm calling, I'm I'm diagnosing them with... (laughs) (laughs) You're saying the refs would stick around. Yeah, because they're like, oh, no, I'm the one who can make the right calls. That's me. That's me. Okay. So we've talked about the refs. Now let's just talk about the game. So Chris started out great. Game plan, absolutely there. Awesome. Bobby, I wasn't at QB Club. You were. They were confident. They were. Yeah. Um, You know, and pointed out massive challenge of this game. I mean, I think they – Bobby expressed the confidence at QB Club that led me most definitely to believe that they know – the type of team the the Grizz are going to put on the field and that the plan is going to work. Um, it's tough when your starting quarterback gets knocked out and then probably your most versatile playmaker, you know, breaks a finger, hand, dislocates something to something like that. Those are wrinkles in the game that you can't prepare for to some extent. <laughs> and so um, obviously that definitely made things tougher. But yeah, they started awesome. It was such yeah. a great start. Great b- best drive all season, I think, was the opening drive. Yeah. Um, they were five for five on third downs before yep. Johnson went down. I mean, he was running, yeah, picking like up third downs about. with his feet. You know, yep. I had some people texting me, kind of pointing that out. Yeah. Like, yep. It's nice to see him run. Mm-hmm. Um, before he got knocked out, he's averaging 12 yards carry. So that's all good. I. You know, when, when maybe I'm, I don't want to fast forward too much, you know, then let's, you know, he gets knocked out of the game. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit at the front end. We're manifesting him coming back Saturday, right? Like, yes. he looked I mean, okay. Just based on the sideline stuff, to me, it's like there were enough concussion protocol things to take his helmet away. But I mean, he was active, he was talking to guys, he was. And the announcers even pointed it out that he was with the QBs and stuff. So yeah. I have to think he's playing Saturday. I would hope so. Okay. Obviously, so he, I hope his his mental health and safety is put first and foremost. Way more important than winning a football game. But, yeah. So he gets knocked out. KB12 comes in. Yeah. This is a thing still. KB12. <clears throat> yep. How you guys? How do you guys think he looked? The first half, not great. Yeah. The, the second half. half the first half when he was in. No, I was going to finish your statement then. I, I just I, – because he didn't complete a pass. Right? He, he started complete, out 0 for 6. I was going to say, like, I don't five. think he completed a pass in the first two possessions that he had. Then they got him into a little bit of a groove. Um, 
and this is where life gets kind of frustrating because they actually kind of started doing the things that we used to bitch about them not doing last year, like rolling them out and giving them like a run pass option to one side and stuff like that. And the short passes and stuff like that. And that actually ended up on the two touchdown drives in the second half. Like that actually worked well. And it's just frustrating that like went away from it and over time, why they go away from that stuff. (laughs) Um, that being said, he so clearly didn't have it in his snaps in the first half when we needed points. Yeah. We forced turnovers. We had the ball. We needed points. And, you know, he finished for the game like 16 of 31. 141 yards. 141 yards, one touchdown, longest pass, 17 yards. Wasn't sacked, which is great because yeah. that was one of his issues last year. And credit to the O-line for yeah. stepping up. He had he had six runs for eighteen yards as well. You know, and he and he took off a couple times where it was just like clearly the right yeah. call yeah. and and did a great job. I think five of his six read run reads were the right yes, right one. There yep. was one that he should have gave the ball the night and he kept it and got destroyed behind the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. took a loss. Yeah, um, later in the game. But and I thought his passes in overtime were great passes too. Like they were. I mean, he. It was a little short on the last one, but there was pass interference. Wasn't there? Wasn't there a pass in overtime that if he, the first pass, if he'd hit, um, it was kind of up the middle. Mm-hmm. He was cutting over, and was if he'd white, I can't remember. If he'd hit white, it would have been a touchdown. Yeah, but he went to Grossman instead. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he he threw behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, it bounced off his hands and kind of, yeah. But anyway, so I mean, I guess I guess what I would say is Brown is who we knew Brown to be. Yes. I mean, I, I'm the wrong guy to talk about this because you guys know that I love me backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I obviously very much felt that Brown, we should have been playing Brown over Cam last year. And I had a little bit of a mea culpa on that. But I think part of my frustration, and Luke kind of hinted at this last week, was just that Cam felt like he had a ceiling and it felt like, oh my God, we've got this talent and we are just not using it. Yeah. I'm now wondering if some of that wasn't play calling. But I also think that last year we just didn't have a very talented. We we had an average QB room. Yeah. Chris Brown is probably a great guy. I think he's a very average Big Sky quarterback, and I think we know that now. Yeah. And you know what? We knew that last year. We knew that in the off season. We've seen Daniel Britt one game, and he was fun. Yeah. He was mobile, moved around. Did okay. We've commented a few times. We've had questions about it from people. We got a ton. We, we really haven't day. gone into it as much as I would have liked to because we've tried not to make this like, let's be obsessed about the third string QB. But we've said a couple times, like, there were wasted moments where we should have been getting him more reps because we knew who Chris Brown was. And the coaching staff never did it. So there's one of, maybe there's three options here. One of them is... Britt's just not that good. Maybe maybe Brown is better than Britt. But if that's the case, and we had to go get this senior QB to transfer to us. For one year. For one year. And this is the fifth year of Bobby and Rosie and Pease and everybody being back. Shame on them if that's the case. Yeah. So that's option one. Mm-hmm. Option two, Britt actually could be better than Brown, but we are just so focused on Freshman QBs don't play. Brown's been in the program for five years. 
you know, there's a comfort level in just having a veteran guy behind the starter. But as far as like similarities in styles, Britt is way similar to Johnson. You could conceivably run a similar game plan. Now, we haven't seen Britt play enough to have any idea if he can do things Johnson does, but we do know he's mobile. Yeah. He can move around, he's fast, and he can throw the ball down the field. So that's option two. Is there an option three? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think the option three is that perhaps Brit Brit's ceiling could be higher than Chris Brown's. All speculative. And that the amount of reps it'll take to get him so clearly better by like a significant undeniable margin is, you know, <laughs> it's going to take us through Weber, you know, through, you know, it's like... <laughs> it might be that Brown is closer to making like the breakthrough of being serviceable or slightly above average. Uh, if we consider him average, yeah, like completely average is a big sky conference, like right in the mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in idiocracy, how like Luke Wilson is like the average right. military cadet and <laughs> every, you know, so that's why they cryogenically freeze him. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if Chris Brown is the average, um, maybe he's closer to being like above average sure. than sure. Brett at this moment. And it's just going to take too many game reps, too many first team snaps in practice and then maybe yeah. a preseason. And they're like, he'll get there. But we can't have a below average quarterback be getting all these snaps because it just won't work. Like we yeah. won't beat anybody. And and that's that's exactly what option three is. Option three could just be he's just not there yet, which – I mean, these guys have been around college football a lot closer than I have, so that could very well be it. Yeah, I, I mean, Brown has two more years of eligibility. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this. You brought up yeah. the Cole Berquist yeah. uh, parallel. Man, he, I would, I would love to go back and see exactly how many snaps he's had, um, like in his career. You Brown? know what I mean? Like, Brown? yeah, Brown probably I mean, almost four hundred. You think 400 live I mean, he's, snaps? He's attempted at least 250 passes in his career. Wait, as a as a collegiate quarterback? Yeah. Chris Brown has? Career passing statistics, 133 of 213, four interceptions, 1,383 yards, five touchdowns, um, 6.5 per pass. He's also rushed for six touchdowns. Can, I'm sorry, Mike. Can you... Um, I was just kind of thinking and not listening. Can you start again? What's his uh, attempts? His career is 133 completions, 213 attempts. Hold on, 133 over... 213. Four interceptions, five touchdowns, 1,383 yards, 62% passer, 6.5 per pass, 76.8 yards per game he's played. I actually think that's not bad. But... for someone who doesn't get first team reps in practice and always comes in cold and yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's the, what do you have three starts last year? Yeah. 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 So I I actually wonder if he's if he's close either to a breakthrough or like what it looks like if he gets first team reps for an extended period of time. What do you guys think about well, that? Well, am, I, am I, am I just like, is this rose-colored that, glasses here? But I mean, like, my question that is, like, maybe reps is a thing, but it's his fifth year in college football, right? Yes. Because of COVID, and maybe fourth. 
He was here in 19. So, so he's been around. Was, yeah. You know, they obviously didn't think he was ready to be the starter because they brought in Johnson and there was no QB competition. Right. Um, Man, I I kind of think he could be close. So, so, so or, the pro- but, but the, the counter argument yeah, to that probably. is, or we know who he is. Yeah. Anyway, go on, Brent. Well, what I was saying with, with him being close, I think one of the challenges is, like, in terms of what we've seen from Lucas Johnson with what really works with him when he's using his legs and he is a dual threat, Chris Brown can use his legs, and he showed that a little bit, but his ability, like, it's just, Sack didn't really know how to contain Lucas Johnson. He burned him with his feet repeatedly in big chunk plays. Um, I just, Chris, I don't, I don't think Chris Brown's that guy. Now, could he maybe do more with his arm, be a more accurate passer? Maybe that's like the breakthrough or something like that. But it just kind of seems like this offense is steering itself more to that mobile running dual mm-hmm. threat type of QB. And while Chris did play that in high school, you just see there's like a difference. Mm. Yeah, you there's can a tell difference the between like there's, there's a difference between game. Lucas and there's a difference between Chris and there's a difference between Chris and Britt. And we even saw this last year in the James Madison game when they yanked Brown because he would had a bat a horrible game and Patterson comes in out there and he runs around like a wild man and he just does all sorts of crazy shit <clears throat> and the game was you know over. But it kind of it got the offense moving up and down the field a bit, and it just kind of showed that that style of QB seems to be what kind of fits in this. So, you know, Mike, I think one other thing I would add to your options on here is things we've joked about before <laughs> or talked about before as well, too, is that maybe Britt is better, but Britt is a redshirt freshman. Yeah. And yeah. this coaching staff doesn't like freshmen to have reps, yeah. starting reps, I should say, if they can avoid it. And, so and sometimes, he, has, he said that publicly. Yeah. Like last year was and kind so, of an yeah. aberration so, from where he wants to be. Are there blinders on that's like, yes, he is good. Yes, he is maybe better. Yes, me, yes, he maybe is the better fit with what we're trying to do right now. But he's a freshman. Now, yes, Brown played last year or 19, whatever year he was when he was a freshman. 19, right? But it was all we had. So, I don't know. I... I I would worry that there is just some stubbornness with, we talked about this last week as well too, like the system, the system works, the system's the system. And one of the things we don't do is we don't put the ball in redshirt freshman's hands if we don't have to. And so it's a worry that I have. And I get it. Yeah. Because there's a time when that's what college football was, but college football's not that anymore. And it's like, you look around at some of the QBs that have beat us, like, what year is what year is Jake Dunaway? He's a senior, actually. Okay. Asher O'Hara is a sophomore. And how many but, years has he been there? So Asher O'Hara was a freshman when they came in and beat us last yeah. year. But Idaho's QB. That's I was, I was, that's where I was going. Freshman. <laughs> yeah, freshman. Like, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, I get what you're saying about Brown, and you might be right. Yeah, I would kind of try and argue. It's like you know, I feel like in college football, there's only so many games that could be the sample size, and you know, we saw it last year. And then we kind of saw it this year in this game. And, yeah, he had a pretty high percentage in the second half at, yeah, after starting over six or whatever, and that's yeah, all good. Yeah. But it kind of feels like we know what we're getting there. And if we, if we aren't going to take the time to know what we're getting with Britt, there's no way. If, they don't, if they're not comfortable with the idea that he could come in and play right now and give the team a chance, 
then there's no way they're going to be comfortable with him starting. There's no way they're going to be comfortable with Brown starting next year. So we're transfer you at QB again. Right. And I guess that, that might be an oversimplification because yeah. maybe they just build on that. They can go win it in the offseason. You know, Brian Yacht was a sophomore QB when he took over for Dave Dickinson and had three years as a starter. Yep. But it's just, it feels to me like they were afraid to make a move. And they're, it, it's easy for, for people to look back on the game and be like, well, look, they had those two touchdown drives in the second half. And it was clearly the right move. And it's like, sure, he calmed down and they started figuring something out. But you know what? I would have given him two drives. And after that, I mean, we we missed a huge opportunity to step on their throat a little bit in the first half. Yeah. And what was really telling was the last drive of the half. And it's kind of funny because in our Big Sky podcast thread during the cat game, I was really criticizing Jay Hill for his clock management and kind of, I said he was playing scared um, on their last drive before halftime where he basically just stopped being aggressive and they played for a field goal maybe. And then Bobby did the same thing. Like literally we got in a field goal position and it was like, that was good enough. And we didn't even get trying to get further into field goal position, which which tells me they They were were afraid that Chris Brown was going to screw it up. There was a shot on the sideline. Did you see this? When it was third down, whatever it was, third and four, third and five. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, and we, we, like the play had just ended and they cut to the sideline and Bobby is uh, hyping up Ramos. We hadn't even played the third half. Oh, they hadn't even done the third half. Yeah. And yep. it was just like, <laughs> it's like you're it was like at this point, it was like, look, we're like, we're going to play safe. Get ready. Here we yep. go. And it's easy to say different, but they, know, they that's the, the, guess. The, the announcers were even saying, boy, this is bad clock management. Cause like yeah. the, before they got up earlier in the drive, like they, they could have called timeout and they didn't. They just kind of like, all right, we're going to play conservative. We're going to play for field goal. And oh yeah, they missed it or yeah. got partially blocked. Yeah. And it's just like, we'd already missed a field goal earlier in the game. We need points. We are dominating this game and we go conservative like that. And to I'm, me, yeah. Like, I actually, in my head, was thinking, because that drive actually was looking good. They were moving the ball well to they begin were. with. That was, and I was like, I was actually thinking, oh, my God, they're going to go score a touchdown here, and they're going to leave Brown. <laughs> I, well, I think we're confusing a couple things, though. Like, in our evaluation of Brown, because clearly the coach, the play calling, is, like, not letting Brown go for it, right? So sure. we're, we're we're blaming like I don't want to blame Brown because the coaches wanted to go conservative. Well, sure. but there, but there's two double sided that because like the flip side of that could be it's like the if coaches they had don't Dickinson, feel that they would have went for the end zone, right? Yeah. Um, okay, but then the the other thing on this is now nah, now I forgot what I was going to say, Michael. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, two side. There was two things: Brown, coaching, play call, not coaching, but play calling, and Brown. Play calling in Brown, and I'll think of it in four minutes. I swear. When we're looking around the conference, talking well, about something else. But I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just talk about this for another minute. Because yeah. to me, like, there are so many different things. And this is why when we were sitting down, I said, I don't want to get distracted by the refs because there's so many other things to talk about. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong, Brown has played hard for this program. He's stuck around. After what happened at James Madison last year, that dude could have quit. He could have said, oh, FBS FCS football is not for me. Yeah, I'm gone, and he didn't. Right. Here's the other thing. I think if you give a player two, he said I would have given him two series, and if if the play calling is so conservative that he can't succeed, right? 
like I think you risk doing psychological damage. These aren't like hmm. these aren't like Madden players, like backups that you can just plug in and plug yeah. out without like fair messing with them psychologically. But, I think like that's true. That's a good point. But dude started over six. Like whatever they were doing couldn't have been good for his confidence either. Here's something though: if not every time a quarterback throws an incompletion or you know any particular play happens it's such a team game that failures along any point of execution could like result in what looks like a quarterback failure yeah like i rewatched the idaho game from last week um god why just because i was i was really curious about our damn offensive line oh okay and i was like and I watched it on like half speed on YouTube, like frame by frame Jeez. to watch our blocking and stuff. Yeah. And like we had we had passing miscues, we had rushing, rushes go nowhere because O line mess ups. Yeah. Right? And it looks like a Johnson incompletion right. or a Roberts drop or Knight not getting you know, anywhere, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, that was a failure on the O line. That wide receiver screen yeah. didn't manu- get manufactured because an offensive lineman got thrown to the ground when he should be trying to olay, you know, the block. Right. Okay. Um, and what I mean is, so, so I'm thinking like, uh, uh, what, what is it? I got to Wally the Bronco Two, which is a YouTube channel, um, who posts games. Just a week, just an hour ago, he posted Boise State versus Air Force. Okay, um, he has the Weber Montana State game up. If you guys want to scout Weber, oh sweet, um, like the full game. It's a two hour and thirty seven minute video. It's the whole thing. But anyway, I I would like to go back and look at look at some of those early drives and be like, was this really a Chris Brown error? Was it a, you know, like what are they seeing? Yeah. I don't know. It's so complex. You're right. I mean, that's a great point. There's, there could be a lot of other things, but I would argue that if the O-line is struggling like that, you want a more mobile guy in there. But I also think that, I don't think they called great plays for Brown strength. I don't think they've called great plays for Brown strength any game since he's been in. So maybe this is Brown's strength, or maybe it's a combination of things. But it's it's it it's been frustrating. And yeah, yeah. you know, we talk about how good that first drive looked, but the first drive was scripted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that looked great because when you script it, you you're not under pressure, you can be diverse, yeah. you're calling different the, plays. But then we fall into this rut of just But it, it's also I wanna I wanna have like simple declarative sentences. But you're not just calling plays for one person's strengths. You're like, if I call this play, that's not the wide receiver strength. That's not the O-line strength. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to need pass blocking from yep. a running back who just hasn't proven it or something. Like, you just can't be like, lit. we only can use the Chris Bound strength playbook. Yeah. Because that might be very predictable too. I guess, and it's like, you know, we all have to – we all get to come up with our own conclusions of, of mm-hmm. where we are in the season and how we've gotten here. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel pretty strongly that through questionable coaching decisions, we haven't gotten Brit reps that we should have gotten him. And to your point, maybe it's because they felt like Brown needed him. But to me, it's felt like they weren't giving Brit the opportunity to win the number two job because they don't want a freshman to be the number two guy, and it backfired on us. And you yeah. know what? We saw this. Like we've seen this script now. This is the third nationally televised night ESPN game 
ES, uh, Eastern Washington last year, although he only came in on for the last play, right, so it's right, not right. as fair. <laughs> JMU, and then tonight where it's like our QB's gotten hurt, he's had to come in, and he hasn't been able to do it. And so, I, I mean, at some point, why do we expect anything different? Yeah, you could have easily imagined a scenario where the message to the to the down stringers, I don't know if that's, you know, people, <laughs> the second, third, fourth string quarterback, at least the second and third is, uh, we're just going to rotate series if the number one is out, either because we're up, we're down, or yeah. an injury, right? Like, we're going to equally develop both of you with yeah. an equal number of yep. series. We're not playing favorites. We think you both can do it. Like a message of positivity. Yeah. Like, just getting your reps. Yeah. Um, and there were a few games earlier in the year where it's like we all felt Johnson stayed in too long. Like, we could have done this. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Okay, so be sorry to interrupt. I know oh, you fine. you had a, a breath, a, a long, lungs full of breath there. Um, that said, were you guys are do you guys find yourself optimistic or pessimistic about these last four? We saw really good things, of course, from our defense. It's our strong suit. Yeah, we saw really good things from our O line. As negative as I've been in the last two weeks about that position group. Um, you know they let it all hang out yeah. against the maybe the best team in the conference, right? I think Johnson's coming back, mm-hmm. so you know maybe yeah. this whole KB twelve Brit thing isn't a isn't as big of a deal as we're making it at the moment. Yeah, Knight looked good. Osmo looked good. Osmo looked great. Like, I don't know what happened to Harris if he got dinged up in that game or if they just went with a hot hand because he had. I don't know about you I guys, just think that, but I'm pretty yeah. optimistic actually about Weber. I feel way better from the product that this team, even in the face of the adversity that they had on the road with Sack, the way they played. I feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Um, I worry about this Weaver game if we don't have Lucas. Uh, if we don't have Lucas, and here's the point I was going to make, and I, I am optimistic, and we'll get to this, but I, I'm i optimistic about the team. Yeah. I'm still pessimistic about the coaching. And I'm I, like, I'm not going to go into uh, as in-depth as I have in our other messages, but <laughs> it stress. I just feel like our play calling is so basically vanilla and the argument some people have made is maybe our guys just aren't as good as we think they are, but that's on the coaching because the coaches build the roster. But where I was going with this is Montana came out with a kick-ass game plan and was dominating the first half. Yeah. Right. Yep. Johnson goes down. Who was Brown's first career start against? Was it Portland or was it Sack? I thought it was Sack. In 2019. Either way, he no, he didn't play. He didn't start in 2019. His first start was last year. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Um. Sorry. But he played against Sack last year. My bad. He had two rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown. Yeah. He came, didn't he come into that game? Or so Sack had seen him. They mm-hmm. won the game. They knew him. Right. So there was no surprise there. The Sack hadn't seen Johnson. They didn't know what to do with him. I actually think that. The better coaching decision would have been, especially when Johnson started out struggling, go with the guy that they have no film on. Hmm. I guarantee you that they, even if they watched the game that Britt played in this year, they they paid so little attention to what Britt did 
in that game that they would barely know anything about his strengths or his weakness because he's so unknown. Mm-hmm. And that might have been enough to catch them off guard maybe two times, get something crazy. Then all of a sudden, at the end of that first half, we've got all kinds of momentum and we scored points. And I feel the same way about Weber. If Johnson can't go, I think they absolutely should go with Britt. Even if they start, even if they start Brown and give him a series, they should they should have packages for Britt because Weber hasn't seen Britt. They don't know him. Well, and Tommy, touchdown, Tommy, absolutely destroyed him. Dice that defense. Destroyed them. And Chris Brown is not doing what Malat did. No. Um, Brown's first start was against Dixie State. Okay. So Dixie State I, sack Dixie was State. the second, but they did see a full game of Brown. Yeah. In twenty. I I am a little reticent about saying, Hey Britt, surprise, your first start is against Weaver State on the road. You know what? And I'm not saying, Mike, your point isn't valid. <laughs> like, I can also hold two simultaneous things. Like, yes. I, I like the surprise tactic game plan there. Um, Malat gave us a template. Maybe I'm a little concerned they corrected some mistakes that Malat exposed, and so Britt wouldn't be as effective. Could be. He was, you know, Malat was a little bit of a booster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> vaccine firm, you know. <laughs> and now they'll be prepared for the for Britt. But, holy crap, dude. Could you imagine Britt being like, oh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Rosie. <laughs> like, Thanks, Bobby. Like, my first starts against Weber State on the road? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, I would have enjoyed one of these preseason So Tom, Tommy Malott's first start was at home in the playoffs. In the playoffs. And his second start was Sam Houston State, who was ranked number one. On the road. On yeah. the road. Pulled an upset. Obviously, Tommy Malott's a special player. Don't want to put that pressure on Britt. It just seems like, A, we're, we're due for one of these players that can play young, just like Bergen last year, but yeah. at the QB position. like We've missed so badly in recruiting the QB position like for years. Well. The, the, Bobby's whole tenure, because every starter has been a transfer. And yeah, yeah what, the didn't, only didn't guy Craig Oaks walk in, walk into his yeah. office? Like no, it's no. not like he was yeah, like. Well, he walked into Glenn's office. Or yeah, Glenn's office. He yeah. inherited. Okay. It. That's right. So I mean, I'm just saying, like, like what what do we have to lose? And and my concern is that we we're never we're never going to know what we have with some of these guys if they've got the potential to do it if we don't freaking give them the chance. Yeah. And I wouldn't have said if we'd won Idaho and we'd squeaked out even if we're having these struggles. I absolutely would be saying this. If Johnson's healthy. I wouldn't be saying it. Yeah. But it's, to me, it, this is this is true. Mike, but Mike's been texting it forever. <laughs> but, to me, but to me, they should give Britt a chance to be the number two guy. And you know what? If he falls on his face in the first two or three drives, go back to Brown. Whatever you yeah. gave him a shot. He's a freshman. He can come back from it, just like we think Brown has. Mm-hmm. We did. The, we did this last year. We had like Robbie Patterson packages. Yeah, and he had like two series like per game almost. But it always takes until like. The shit's not yeah. working, and it costs us a game. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The shit didn't work enough, and it cost us a game. Yeah, it did. I just don't know how you guys have dealt with with me being so right two weeks in a row on this pod. I mean, Luke's really struggling to acknowledge it's true. Just say it. Just say it. You know, you know, like, <laughs> I was going to just start bringing up old takes of yours, but... 
Hey, this, this is a here and now business. I, I don't. I don't want to. We are in the here I, and now. We are in the here and now, Mike. <laughs> I am so excited for this weekend <laughs> and this road trip with you. Oh we can't be God. bickering for eight hours, okay? <laughs> sure, you can. Okay, why not? Oh Lord, <laughs> what? Well, what, what was that dispute uh, the last time we went to Weber with the fast food restaurants that you and in and out versus Brad five got? guys? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that got more heated than I anticipated. You and I were sitting in the middle, in the back row. We were. I was just tweet. I was just on my phone looking through Twitter, and then this uh, they're shouting at each other. <laughs> oh, Donnie Brook erupts on the I fifteen. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> oh, I get passionate about things, guys. That's why we love you, Mike. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I mean, I just I, to, to, to put a wrap on that. I, I we obviously don't know what we don't know, but it it feels like we're too afraid to do things in any way that's not traditional, yeah, old style football. That's that includes, you know, upperclassmen play over younger guys. That includes play calling that good like all of it yeah, yeah and sure. college football has changed and you know one of the biggest things like the flip side is i don't know much about brit but he could decide oh my god if they're not going to give me a chance and that means i'm not going to get to compete for the starting job legitimately next year f it i should go somewhere else yeah because the transfer portal is a real thing and you know some people out there might say good if he doesn't want to be here he doesn't want to be here but that attitude is going to cost us in this era of college football. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. What else about the game? <sighs> I don't know. Levi Jancaro had a career. I was going to say, I don't feel like we've talked about the defense enough, even though they ended up giving up a ton of yards. But it's kind of those ones that's like, we talked about this last year with Eastern, where it's like, they're going to get their yards. Well, and Sack did. You know, they had. Two touchdown drives, which were really fast, with uh, which were long. A couple big plays. But Levi Jancaro, you know, 12 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. I mean, he had a hell of a game. <clears throat> you, uh, he was in on what felt like every play. Um, Nash Fouch, who's – I think people would kind of argue between Fouch and Graves have kind of had up and down games. I think he had a great game for the most part. He had that great pick. I wish he would have got in the end zone <laughs> hindsight. Uh, but, you know, I think there was, uh, uh, there was a lot of things that, you know, we saw from the defense that it was really encouraging to see just, unfortunately it just wasn't enough. Yeah. Did Braxton Hill start? I can't remember. He was in a bit. Because that's he the was, guy who's he finished Jenna Carroll's rotating in yeah, for, right? Yeah, he finished with three tackles. He started, because I remember seeing early, 35 out there early. I think they were rotating a bunch, and then my assumption is, is you know, who knows with the injury, if, or if it's just gone with the hot hand, or just, you know, Levi just, when he was out there, was making money, and when Braxton was, he wasn't. I don't yeah, know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, they were also rotating a lot. There, there was a series or two where Ford wasn't in. And yeah. It was weird. I'm just yeah. going to leave it at that. I don't... I don't know. Yeah. But um no, it's late in the game too. Yeah. Yeah. Um the defense, I mean they give up a ton of yards in the fourth and a little OT obviously. But at some point, especially after that damn onside kick, like Ugh. at some point you just mentally break. Sure. I mean like can you believe, like can you imagine what the defense was thinking? <laughs> like four weeks. They hold that team four to games a, they hold them to a field goal. There's like five and a half minutes left. All all they're thinking is, 
offense, we need you to pick up at least a first down so we can run three minutes off this clock. Catch our breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you would have told me that we would have kept Sac State under uh, 200 yards rushing, I said we win this game. Yeah. Or that we're plus three yeah. turnover. Or that we held the ball for 38 minutes. That's wild. And we ran, we ran the ball 54 times. Yeah. So we held the ball a long time. We got a lot. We converted a lot of third downs. But it's because we weren't getting many yards. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Our longest play of the day was a 25-yard run by Lucas Johnson. Yeah. No other play either in the passing game or the running game was over 20 yards. Right. In fact, the next longest was 17. <laughs> it's Chris Brown pass, 17 yeah. yards. Yeah, touchdown fonts, right? Yeah. I don't think it was. Was it a, was it a touchdown? I think so. Yeah. Yes, it would have been. Bounds. Yeah, it would have oh, been. Oh, wait, review yeah. it. Wait, like really mm-hmm. inbounds? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, we, we can talk about how it was serviceable and stuff like that. It's like, no, like we needed something on defense but or on offense. But here's the other thing that frustrates me a little bit is we still didn't see any, like, creativity in, like, having Flowers run a fly sweep or a jet sweep or anything like that. Yeah. Like, we saw We saw a lot of that sort of creativity attempted last week. Didn't work. Well, don't start with me on that. I won't. I won't. Because we didn't. But okay. We did. <laughs> no, we did. We totally no. did, Michael. <laughs> no. Okay. No. They ran it once. <laughs> I rewatched that Idaho game, Mike. <laughs> charts and graphs. We need to see some charts and graphs. We need it. We need it. Yeah. Fuck. I don't right. know what else to say about this game. Yeah. I mean, it just breaks your heart. It does. Um I don't, I don't, the overtime series on offense was baffling to me. Um, Why? Considering what, like, as well, a Packer fan, like, I've seen this a lot from, from, like, our offense this year as well, too, where um, it's like you have a working, you have a recipe that's working, and then you kind of get a moment where it's being tested, and it's like deep shot, run play, deep shot, deep shot game. And, just, and why we could have gotten why? a first down? Like yeah. why? Why throw to the end zone three times? And you know, play call. What sack gave us? QB decision. What the OC sent in? I don't know what it was, but just what I saw in my living room watching it on TV. It was just like it didn't make sense to me. It completely baffled me. Mm-hmm. For what was working to just go to stuff that was not working at all. Yeah, trying to complete your longest pass of the day. You know when you just weren't doing it at that point. I don't know. So. Well, that's it for me on, on, on this sack game. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't know. I'm optimistic though. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's the weird thing is like, there's like, I was so proud of the team Absolutely. for the game plan yeah. and sticking to it. And the defense, you know, making the game, but the O line playing tough. And it's like, I feel like, their, the frustration the fans have is only magnified by the players. And, you know, and I guarantee you they yeah. all got into the locker room, they turned their phones on, and they saw Brent's breakdown. <laughs> and yes, I believe they saw Brent's breakdown. They might have shit. And no, I know they, they all not. started thinking like, oh my God, we got screwed. They already felt like they should have won it. They're frustrated. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I don't know that I would want to be Weber this weekend. On that note... Let's talk about what else happened in the big sky. Okay, let's do it. Wait, because Brent mentioned he is a Packers fan, i got to interject this really quick. Brent, you're a Packers fan. Is yeah. this true? 
<laughs> Sources say. Are, are you are you a Grizz fan? Yes. Let me be the first on this pod to submit for the record. Um, Samari Tori got his first NFL catch today. Yeah. All right. He had one fewer catch than Sammy Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Packer game was brutal, but uh, there was a crazy final uh, play mm-hmm. where they're I chucking the ball all over the damn field, and Samari actually gets the ball in his hands, cuts up field. And- I don't know the all 22. He had a block. It looked like to me that he could have gone, but he flings it back to Rogers who then throws it upfield. And then there's a penalty for a block in the back. So it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But um, there was like a moment, like they're like, Oh, now Toure's got it. And he like cuts through. And I don't know, like Washington kept like backing guys off and moving to the sideline. And I was like, Oh, Oh, he's got a chance. And then he just, you know, but, yeah, it was cool to see him out there. It was great to see some more out there. So cool. I was happy for him. Yeah. All right. Well, I just didn't want. Oh, yeah. I just didn't want as, like, a, <laughs> as a Packer and Grizz fan for this not to be mentioned today. Okay. Okay, so, round the conference. Idaho beats Portland State 56-21. It was actually a game in the first half. It was tied. It was frustrating. 21-21. You you saw the things that Portland State was doing against Idaho that the Grizz <laughs> should have. Like, I mean, there's just, like. I, that when Idaho no matter was, what happens with the Grizz the rest of the year, that Idaho loss is going to haunt us because they've got such an easy schedule. Like I the mean, Sacks, their only tough game. We like, there's a very decent chance that the University of Montana has to travel to Idaho for a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. like region, you know, regionalization. Like yeah. that's our shortest trip outside of Bozeman. Like, yeah. So um, yeah, I had the game on. I did the split screen. Um, it was kind of wild because like. Idaho was hug over, hug over from that Grizz win in the first half. Uh, in the second half, they definitely woke up. There was a real baffling moment where Idaho, where it was like 40 seconds to go in the half. Idaho was on the Portland side, and I think we're trying to set up for a field goal. And so Bruce Barnum starts burning timeouts to get the ball back. And then Idaho gets first down. <laughs> And then Idaho scores a touchdown. <laughs> and Portland State never scored another point again. Idaho scores 42 unanswered, I think it was. So, yeah. Um, NAU beats Idaho State 24-10. NAU's 2-3 and three in the big sky. Uh, UC Davis beats the hell out of Northern Colorado 58-10. I voted Northern Colorado last in my power pool. I don't care that there are teams that they've beaten. They're just such a terrible team. They're a bad team. Eastern had a fight with Polly. I mean, it was 10-10, right? Kind of the end of the damn game. They win 17-10. Yeah, very weird game. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's see. And then, uh, yeah, Weaver State that, loses to Montana State 38-43. That's one of the strangest football games I've ever watched. Hands down. Like, for those, I mean, we kind of hinted it with James, but four punts that the punter, long snapper punted, punted it to the right or over the guy's head, that it resulted in safeties. Four. I think we went the entire Aaron Held era without a missed <laughs> snap. OD, he, did he have? No, him? he was perfect. He was we perfect, too. He was yeah, perfect his whole career. We had Held career. and Od. We went maybe close to a decade without a missed snap on a punt. Yeah. And they, 
had four sale in one game. That poor kid. I, oh my god! And like there, there was like videos of him. Like he, he either didn't go in the locker room at halftime or came out way early in practice, and he'd like hit one and then he'd roll one and then he'd shoot one. And, go, and I mean, like he was still. He went knob-lock on this thing, oh right? God, yeah. And he got I don't the know, yips. I don't know. I bet you he doesn't ever recover from that. I mean, that could be dramatic, and he could be just fine after a day. But, I mean, yeah, he'll be that is going to be us. in his head forever. I heard he's in prison now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh I don't God. know what to do it with locked that. Him up. <laughs> they locked him up. Um, as soon as the plane like, landed in Salt Lake, so, the cops were on the tarmac. <laughs> so, eight points off safeties. More than enough for the difference in the game. But also... Short field that they gave MSU every time yeah. turned into a lot of points. It's it, wasn't it like twenty seven points or something like that. I mean, something I, like that. Awesome. So, those drives okay. or those safeties. Okay, guys. You know Vegas usually has pretty insane odds on these sorts of things, like oh safety. But like, do you think it's like a pretty good? If you could get Vegas to give you a traditional odds on a safety bet. Higher than likely this week that the kid throws one like through the goalposts, right? Like he's got to be rattled. I gotta think that if he if he comes close to messing up, though, they're gonna pull him. I would just imagine they're just gonna say, "Hey, kid, take a week." How many how many snappers does the team have? Well, they had someone else. They had like a backup tight end after his fourth, and that guy was, you know, that's shaky. That's what I mean. If you can get odds on like a on a safety. Take them, yeah. yeah. So big payoff. Outside of that, this game was really sloppy. I mean, for two yeah. top five right yeah. teams, this yeah. game was sloppy. Uh, Weber's defense could not contain MSU at times. No, didn't know what to do with them. MSU runs the ball a lot. Um, MSU's defense is terrible. I honestly was watching the game, and I think I texted you and Kyle, and I said, and Coulter, I said that. I think the Grizz can beat Weber next week. Yeah. Based on that. Yeah. That was before everything that happened to Grizz and all that. Um, I think both those teams are beatable. And it's going to be interesting because MSU is going to be the number one or number two team in the country when the Cat Grizz game happens. Yeah, because they're their schedule. They're it's an buy, easy route for them. They go now, on the road for two easy games. Then their next home game is Cat Grizz. Awesome. Yeah. I think MSU is really good, though. I think that their offense is ridiculously hard to stop they run the ball so damn well and when Malat takes off with it he like you said is a special yep. player they're gonna be really tough we're gonna beat to box so up I, I know i'm i i would took away from that weber msu game was how damn good msu looked yeah um i know their defense has holes in it but you know <laughs> Idaho State ran the shit out of the ball on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the yep. recipes, they, they could control the ball against us, like sure. or anyone yeah. for that matter, like Idaho did to us. And, and that kind of scared me. I was like, I don't know how you stop this run game. Malat breaks them loose. Yeah. Um, he does all the time. Yeah. Dude, they looked good. Yeah. And then if they can get Chambers, presumably they'll have Chambers back soon as well, too. And in Bozeman. In Bozeman. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that game, though. Does getting like, Chambers back matter? I mean, Malak had one of the most impressive games by a running QB. In fact, I think it is the most impressive game a record, by a running QB he? in yeah. Big Sky Conference history. Yeah, yeah. And the wackiness of that game. Like, Weber picks off sack or sack. Um, 
MSU early, only a field goal, and then it's touchdown, kickoff return for a touchdown, <laughs> stop, punt return for a touchdown, then the safeties start, then the Weber punt return guy who just had a big return lets one bounce off his shins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just the wackiest damn game. There was just so many bizarre things that occurred in it. Texted a couple guys I know um, that were, you know, either watching or at the game. They, I, I haven't heard from anyone that has not affirmed that that was just the most bizarre, crazy game they've ever seen or been a part of. And it comes all the way down to it. At the end, Weber had a chance to win the game. Absolutely did. And, I mean, um, and, and Bron- Bronson Barron was 14 for 30 passing. And I swear to God, he probably would have been. 26 I mean, for 30. I mean, he had there must have been double digit drops, Weaver, like bad drops. The guy just dropped it. Did he and just that, drop the ball? And that last one, yeah, because they were picking up these fourth and down fourth downs, and that kid just it's in his hands and he's turning to look up field before, you know, as it's coming into his fingers. And but you talk about moments, puts it like, right man, they had some bad drops, but they were up 24 to 9. Yeah, and should have been up. Yeah, and then they kind of had a short cut. What a short cutting crossing route. Yep. And Bronson hits him and the guy just drops it. And if he hadn't dropped it, he would have scored a touchdown. It would have been 31 to nine. Yeah. And they didn't score again until, did they score again? I don't think they did. Uh, what, Weaver? Yeah. What was the final score of that game? Uh, 38-43. Okay. So they, they ended up scoring again, but they gave yeah. up like three touchdowns before they scored again. Like yeah, the, Cats had the momentum completely 27, 24, yeah. 27 unanswered or some odd number. Yeah. And, and then for them to battle back and then have this have, have a very good receiver of theirs drop. So the, the, the counter-argument is, much like the Grizz feel, felt like they pissed the bed against Idaho, Weber may be like, oh, my God, we should have won that game. And that's their wake-up call. That's their wake-up call. So you got, you're going to have two... Really pissed off teams next week fighting for their lives. Fully awake. Yeah. <laughs> Fully awake. Hashtag. <laughs> um, anything else on the Cats and Weaver? No. Weird ass game. Yep. Weird All right. game. What are the games next week? So, uh, like we hit with James, uh, PSU goes to Eastern. I think Portland State's going to win that game. I don't even know. Oh, that's the, that's the, hope, that's their rival. That's the damn trophy, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure Eastern will win it, but it just feels like Eastern's having a season that I just – Kyler has kind of said he's worried they're checked out. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. So, I'm going to go with PSU. Okay. PSU. Yeah. I'll say Eastern at home, I guess. I don't PSU. Know. I want them to win. Yeah. Cal Poly goes to Davis. Davis. You know what I would say? Um, I think Davis will win this game, but um, – in the very unfortunate circumstance of say you have a seven and four Davis at the end of the year and a seven and four Grizz at the end of the year. Um <laughs> we need Polly, Idaho State, or Idaho to hand Davis another loss or two <laughs> just to help us out here <laughs> for yeah. our postseason lives. Um Idaho goes to sack. Oh, sack State's gonna get it. Don't you think? I think Idaho's going to win this game. I think Idaho's going to win this game, too. I'm picking Idaho. I think SAC is so high on false confidence, and they were a little bit exposed. Do you think that having, I mean, with just Dunaway, right? 
But is no Asher came back in. So, the, but is it, really? Yeah. I thought he was out. No, he came no, back he in at the end because he scored it. the touchdown. Yeah. Oh, at the end goodness. of the game and an OT. Yeah, he scored their I'm last so two. Yeah. Okay. I think. I mean, what's good for Idaho in this game is they shook the cobwebs of the big win hangover. Can sack? Will will sack have that a little bit? Um. It is in Sacramento, but I'll bet probably a pretty tepid crowd, a little less interaction, a little less concern for the game because it's not ESPN, it's not Montana. Idaho is playing great football. Not that SAC isn't, but uh, I think the Grizz, and especially unless if SAC State knocks out um, Giovanni McCoy as well, I think Idaho has a little bit of that recipe that could beat him. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take Idaho. Is there an is there an advantage for us if either one of these teams wins this game? Wow, playoff no. picture wise, they both beat us. So. It doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to think of who else like Idaho and Sac play this year. So Idaho's remaining here. I'll I'll just tell you. Idaho goes. At SAC versus Eastern versus Davis at Idaho State. Damn. So is... if they beat SAC, I mean, they're going to be favored in their last three. That's an inside track to be undefeated in the conference. Undefeated in the conference. Uh-huh. To, and to win it or share it, and obviously the other team that's going to be gunning for that undefeated in the conference is going to be Montana State. Um, Sacramento has Idaho. Then they go to Weber. They go to Portland, and then they host Davis. So they got it's a little tougher slate of teams for them. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Okay. I still think Sacks going to win this game. That's fair. Okay, and then Grizz at Weaver, one p.m. Mike, first of all. Are we going to tailgate? The Grizz are going to kick Weaver's ass. Let's just get this out of the <laughs> yes. The Grizz are going to win. Like, I agree. I am very confident about this. That I just I think that they are furious. I think they understand their mistakes in Idaho. I think they they are going to be completely pissed off that that the way the sack game went. I think they understand that they need a quality win, or they are going to be hurting for playoff potential. Yeah. They have an outside shot at a seed if they can win out. Yeah. And the only way you can win out is if you win the first fucking game that comes next. And that's Weber. And poor Weber is going to be in the way. And you know what? I don't think Weber is that good. I have was so underwhelmed by their defense. This is the first game I really watched them. Same. Mm-hmm. And Bronson is going to get destroyed by our defense. He is not a quick enough QB. Doesn't get the ball out quick enough. Makes poor decisions. He might find some underneath stuff that hurts us, but he, write it down. The Grizz are going to beat Weber State. Yes. Oh. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are we going to break the streak then of us? I damn well hope. I mean, I just like, I mean, we'll, we can talk about the game, but it's just like, I just, it is happening. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I know this is going to be a clip when it doesn't, but whatever. No. Um, <laughs> I I just think it. Like, I do. I yeah, think, I, I think I'm we have you. an offense that can score on Weber 
I don't know that they have an offense that can score on us. And I don't think that we're going to go five straight weeks. With like, Shut the fuck up. Don't even say it. With a, just, no, no. Stop. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I, if we I'm, go five straight, part. If <laughs> we go five straight weeks. <laughs> if, if we get the ball kicked off to us and turn it over, give it back to the other team this week. The special teams coach needs to fire himself. <laughs> I mean, in the history of football, do you think that, that it has happened four games in a row where a team has, has had this happen to them? Not at a team <laughs> with championship And especially with someone with a team that's got such a well-respected special teams yeah. acumen. Yeah. So it can't happen again. Just just walk straight into the Clark Fork and head to the Columbia. Just float all the way down to, to the <laughs> to the Mississippi Delta. Jesus, yeah. I'm not saying he has to fire himself totally. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. Let's take a trip and think about what you've done. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, uh, yeah. So Weber State. <laughs> Brent, what do we know? Yeah, well, tell uh, me who are their who are their standouts. So I um, have not done as much of my scouting as I normally did because I am viciously hungover today, um, <laughs> but still drinking a beer. I want the, I want yeah. the listeners to know he's still sipping <laughs> on a. That's what she I, said. I am, I'm slowly working on this. Um, yeah, let me try one of those too. Let me try one of those Highlanders. Try one of these. We have a Craigie um, Scotch Ale from, from Highlander. Highlander. Nice. Uh, that's what she said from DraftWorks. Yeah, we've done that before. So Weber. Uh, Third highest uh, scoring offense in the conference, 37 points a game. Uh, the, after this last weekend, they now have the best scoring defense. Um, Grizz defense has continued to allow more, at least that, you know, based upon what the uh, big sky actually might have changed actually the week prior. I was going to say it must have because they gave it more points. Yeah, because they did give it more points. But, um, but yeah, so – Barely, uh, they they allow fifteen point six points per game. So, this definitely kind of feels like first team into the upper twenties or the thirties going to probably win this game if that you know if if you can get that far up into it. Um, these guys run the ball a lot. They, uh, you know, they they've average. They're, they're another balanced team. So they it's kind of interesting. I as I'm looking at their stats and kind of looking at their games and stuff, Weber is like a poor man sack state they don't have a scatabo as a running back they still have freaking josh davis who feels like he's been there for 10 years mm-hmm. um but they got this other guy damon bankston who's um almost got 500 rushing yards so far this year uh, i think he's one of the top four backs in the in the conference uh, bronson baron another highly efficient qb but yeah like i think we kind of saw that in that um but not I mean, he runs. You, you have to respect his feet. He can he can move a bit, but it's not kind of his primary game. Um, you know, just talking on special teams, Weber has taken two kick returns to the house, taken a punt to the house. Um, in terms of return units, they have the best returning you know return groups statistically when it comes to yards gained in the conference. Because somebody for some reason kicks to yeah. them. Oh, damn, that's good. Um, wow, that's really good here. So, yeah, uh, and then they got this uh, – I don't know if he's a safety or corner. i got to look this kid up. Maxwell Anderson. He has five interceptions. Um, damn. Yeah, Weber actually leads the conference with um, interceptions. They've got, uh, I think, what is it, 
13 or something this year already. They uh, they pick the ball off a lot. They are, they've got a lot of ball hawks in their defense. So I watched – what was fascinating was I watched the Cat game. I also watched half of their game against Davis. UC Davis, if you pull up the stat book, it kind of looks like the Montana sack game. Or if you just looked at the stats, you'd be like, oh, Davis won this game. And I think the final score, it was something super weird. It was like 18 to 12. Um, Davis misses three field goals in the game, including one from the two-yard line or something. You know, and then they wind up losing by by six or by five or some some score like that. I should pull it back up. Um, Weber is an excellent tackling team. Uh, for the most part, from prior games that I saw, and so maybe it's maybe it was the opponent. It was seventeen twelve that they uh, beat Davis, so they beat him by five. Um, but then, yeah, in that cat game, they didn't look like that excellent of a tackling team at all. In fact, they looked like they had a lot of problem with um, lateral sideline to sideline type movement. They were quite baffled by the fact that Tommy Mulotic is a running quarterback. They um, had a real hard time recognizing that if the quarterback was scrambling to his right, there would be a crosser going to his left, and that seemed to be a concept that they could just not figure out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, was it just this big combo? Like, they hit a buzzsaw plus the safeties, and it was dumping rain, and so it was just – you know, everything went wrong their way. I don't know. I was just, I wasn't, I was really unimpressed with that team um, in that cat game. And I mean, granted them though, they battled all the way back. So this, like we've kind of alluded to this a little bit was this cat game, their Idaho game for us, you know, where they go back and they analyze and they're going to be pissed as hell. And they're going to be able to clean stuff up and have a game plan. I just don't know if, with their, I, I just I don't see as special of talent, individual talent in some of their skill players compared to Sacramento. I think Sacramento's a better team than Weber. Um, I do think Weber has a better defense than Sacramento, where I think Sacramento's defense had a little bit of holes and some liability in them. Um, Weber does generally, previously, have a much more strong and consistent defense. They also kind of have a little bit of this issue that uh, both Grizz and Sack had kind of hit um, when it comes to opponents they've played. They beat Western Oregon, they beat Utah State, and they completely just stomped them. So that that's a big win. But Sack had beat Colorado State, and I mean we had Sack. You know, should should beat those guys. Mm-hmm. They beat Utah Tech, who's won one game. They beat UC Davis, who's won what three. They beat Eastern Washington and had a tough time with them for a good stretch. Um, they beat Portland State, and then they lost the Cats. They haven't beat a team with a winning record yet. Um, so, you know, this could be just another one where uh, they were playing lesser opponents. They played a Utah State team that just did not take them seriously at all because it's an FBS school or, or you know, FCS school. And then they got surprised, and Utah State's, you know, god-awful anyways, aren't they? Have the, how many games has Utah State won this year? I gotta look it up. Um, they're three and five, so you know uh, this does feel like a game where, uh, you know, I think if it would have been kind of funny if Weber would have like pulled off the miracle and beat the Cats that sloppy ass game and maybe come back and be like, okay, things will be fine or whatever. I think the Grizz would completely 
decimate them. I think the I think the Grizz are going to win this game. Just if we get this Grizz team that plays in Sacramento goes to Weber, I don't I don't think that Weber is going to be able to to hang with us. And I think our our defensive um, acumen is going to keep that offense of theirs under wraps even better. They don't have as much oddities and wrinkles and weird stuff. They don't have an Asher O'Hara that comes in and, and does some stuff. I think they do a little bit of Wildcat type things here and there, but not a lot. So Weber is, it's, you know, it's not a big surprise. Jay Hill is, I think, one of the longest tenured Big Sky coaches right now. Him and Barney, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Jay be one Hill's two. been here. Or best, best Barney and Hill. I mean, Hill was here through all the state years. Best isn't as long, though, because he's prob- Best is probably only year, in year five. So Jay Hill is Jay Hill might be the best. longest tenured, yeah. Yeah, probably so. So, um, you know, they they play hard-nosed football. They play ball-control football. They try not to make mistakes. They try to force mistakes. Uh, they play physical. And in games that aren't that cat game, uh, great open field tacklers, uh, real good technical players. So, you know, uh, obviously the status of Lucas Johnson and Junior Bergen will probably hinge – mightily upon how the Grizz are going to be able to do in this game, I think. Yeah. 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 That's my quick take on them. Yep, we're going to beat them. <laughs> we're going to beat them. You know, I said during the during the Cat-Weber game that Hill looked scared to me, which I've never seen before, and it was weird. Yeah. Um I thought Bobby looked a little scared last night too. Like I think sometimes in the moments, like oh my god. But I just the shine that I've always put Weber in just wasn't there for me. Yeah, I feel like maybe they're riding on something a little bit different. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I I think Grizz win. I think if it's and especially if we've got uh, if we've got Lucas healthy and back, and we can kind of do and play a full game with Lucas under center. I think this could be one of the ones that's kind of that big motivational springboard for the Grizz for the last four games. Well, and then after that one, last three games of the regular season that kind of gets us back on track, especially gets Grizz Nation off the ledge of some of the crazy-ass posts we're seeing on Twitter and on Egress. So, yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great day for football, too. Yeah. Almost... Zero percent chance of participation. Participation? Uh, precipitation. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the last game you and I went to, Brent, right. there. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, we were at that playoff game where it was. It went it's from gonna, snow to rain. <laughs> it's going to be 55 degrees. It'll be a nice, Perfect. crisp day. Yeah. Perfect. It's going to be a great day for football, Michael. Oh, I'm so excited to go. Awesome. Hmm. I'm ready. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I got nothing. Big game. Big, big game. I mean, this like... To prove it. Because like... So, and we're going to bounce around a little bit about this, but you can look at like the, the importance of these next four games. And like you said, Mike, you know, the first... This, this next one is the first step to getting there. If the Grizz can win out, you will have two wins over two teams that will 
be in the top 10. I'm going to guess Weaver's not falling out of the top 10 for a road I, loss to the They, to they shouldn't. Um, you'll be 9-2. and two. You'll be on a four-game winning streak. You will have lost to then the conference champion, presumably, because it would be Idaho or Sac. the co-conference champion. Yeah, or the co, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Um, you'll be 9-2. and two. We would be back inside the top 10. You're going to be a seed. Nine and two greatest team that wins the next four games is a seed. I just I don't see it any other way. Um, you know, we're seventh. We'll probably we're gonna fall. I'm, I'm gonna guess we're gonna tumble into that 11, 12, 13 type range. Um, I mean, you can get right that's back crazy in the top too, ten. Of the we shouldn't. I mean, like, but this is the thing lost to the number. But it's like there are but, guys like Herter and Haley who've just been waiting to move the Grizz down so they yeah. can prop up some SOCON team because the SOCON's got all kinds of playoff wins, even though nobody who's been any good in the SOCON is even in the SOCON anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and all your pollsters, what, 90% of your pollsters live east of the Mississippi? Yep. So they just woke up and saw the box score. Oh, Chris lost again. Yep. Knock him down. Knock him down. Um, so, you know, I think this this game is this, this is a big game. And at this game with that goal still of getting a week off for the playoffs and and being in a position where you can have one home game, who knows, maybe two. I don't think being nine and two is going to get you a top four seed, but uh, you know, like the cats last year, hell things totally worked out their way and they, you know, got a road game and they got a home game. You so if we, odder stuff has happened. If we get in a bracket where we get a home game, in the first seeded round, to go to a and then we've got to go to Sac State. We might get a second home game because Sac State can't win in the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> I mean, and nothing I saw about our game yesterday tells me that that team is ready to win in the playoffs. No, which is so weird that he's so easily dominated the Big Sky. He's yeah. eighteen and one. Yeah, nineteen now, right? Yeah. Wasn't he eighteen? I thought he was seventeen and one. You could be right. Way. You could be right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. I'm going to be on a plane when this game starts. A plane without Wi-Fi. Oh. I think. So are you going to be back to record the pod? Yes. I get back Saturday at like 3. Oh, gotcha. You get back. Gotcha. So. It's going to be a rough one because we're going to have driven in, you know, like eight hours from from Utah. I want want you to start mentally preparing yourself that we're going to have to do a pod that night. Um. He's looking for excuses already. Yeah. No, we're going to do it. I can send you guys with this. Straight here. I could send you guys with the with the recorder here, and you guys could just cook just, a pot. We know, we know Mike doesn't. You know could cook run. a pot. You could cook. <laughs> a pot. <laughs> we know Mike doesn't know how to run that. <laughs> oh Lord! One time something Dude, went wrong. I haven't tried. So, <laughs> oh man! Oh my God! That's brutal. That's so great. And it was a Coulter show, so it was like thirteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he had some hot takes in that one too. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know what else to say about this except I think everybody just needs to flush it, and it's it's time to move on to Weber. And yep. Let's let's go. Yep. All right. Yep. Listener questions. Yep. Is that time? It's that time. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. All right. I once again, I'm going to selectively filter a few of these. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and we've probably answered that. I mean, and that's kind of thing. Like a lot of this, really, there's a repeating trend in some of the questions that come at us here. Uh, David Coy, are we going to see a Kyle Sampson triple option game this weekend with 
Brit running or Brit running something completely different. At Chris Van Pod said, or just run a real offense. <laughs> That's our reply. Um, Who wrote that? I don't know. At Chris Van Pod, whoever. You know, Sorry. Lots of people have access to the Chris Van Pod. So it's funny because during the game, like one of our regular followers was like, sometimes you can't tell, and sometimes you can really tell whether it's Mike or Brent. <laughs> well, especially when we post it for our phones. Because you've got Nana. Oh, don't give that stuff away. <laughs> no, people have already tipped that off. Yeah, I know. All right, all right, Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, all right. So, I mean, could we see it? Sure. Uh, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Bring Brit in and do some do some more spread stuff. Well, that's, that's what Mike is hoping. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. You guys should get some Brit jerseys for yeah. the game. Fly What's sweeps? his number? Eight. Nine? Eight? Eight. Eight. Does anybody have any Rob Schulte jerseys laying around? <laughs> I used to have an eight jersey. Long time. If ago. you used to have it, it wouldn't fit me now. So, yeah, we're gonna no. need. You need three double X eight jerseys. <laughs> Mind me, I need to go get my QB club co- jacket this week. Yeah, because I'm gonna need it for that game. That'd be a great. That, those are good coats for like a 45, 50 degree day. Perfect. Yeah. Montana Parley asked, "What was the most? What was the most frustrating part coaching wise? One." Playing Brown over Brit. Two, play calling for Brown. Three, play calling at the end of the first half. Four, play calling on second, third, and fourth downs in overtime. Deep shots to the end zone. Um, the at pod. Chris Van Pot answered, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, that's why I said it's like we were so frustrated about the officiating because that was in the moment the team overcame all the other things. But yeah. I just don't understand what our offensive, I'm not going to say system, Luke, scheme, (laughs) plan, identity. Like, I just don't understand what we're trying to do. Yeah. And it just seems like we're, like, we don't adjust to the players out there. I just, it was weird. Yeah. It was frustrating. It was all frustrating. For sure. But maybe, maybe the most frustrating, because it was like, Everything else is kind of expected based on previous performance. The play calling in OT, like it's like they didn't know that they didn't have to get a touchdown. Yeah, all right. Like, just chuck it, Ugh. chuck it the end zone. Man, um, good. Jermaine Robinson asks if the Grizz lose to Weber, is it a must win out to even make the playoffs? Ooh. I mean, for seven and f- four. Seven and four with zero quality wins. I mean, our quality win is going to be Indiana State or South Dakota. I think they'll still back four losses. I mean, we could we could be this year's Northern Iowa that I always tease the good about. Losses. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all good losses though too. Um, it's going to depend on things like Davis. Davis needs to drop some games. Um, or if there's, and then, you know, you're, yeah, I know there's the whole, they'll pick us cause we've got the money. Um, I was, I was going to say game. like, shoot, they might let us host. Yeah. No, they, well they will see this, this <laughs> yeah. the common confusion. People text me about this again. They're like, well, if we don't get a seed, we're going to be on the road in the first, no, round. first the round. answer is no. The Montana Grizzlies will never, ever, 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 ever be on the road in the first round of the playoffs as long as this current system exists, because it is a bid process. Highest bidder gets the home game. 
So the Grizz will never be on the road if they don't get a bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. technically, they'd be home if they had a bye week too because they'd have a seed and they'd have a home game too. So basically, the Montana Grizzlies' first game in any playoff scenario based upon the current structure of the FCS is a home game. 100% guaranteed. There's no way around it. Yeah. Unless if suddenly the UMI suppose technically says we're not going to bid on it. And we're just going to let whatever happens, happens. Which, <laughs> which will be a really poor financial decision. And then, yeah, then we're probably looking for a new leadership at multiple levels there. Uh, okay. Clicksby says, we're, we'll all recover, some slower than others. Speaking of, what is your worst hangover experience and your preferred hangover cure? Um, I was says, thinking about that. I what terrifies that. you more ha- is having no recollection of what you did and wondering or having the receipts in your head of all the stupid human behavior you exhibited. <laughs> I um I long ago stopped drinking to the point of of any of that. Yeah. Cuz I remember in college once I was laying in my bed and like had the spins and was like I don't like this. I like to feel like I have some semblance of control. Yeah. Um uh worst hangover? Oh, day after my 21st birthday, but that's pretty normal for everybody. You were there. I I was there. <laughs> um, I told James the other day that we lived together, and I thought that I had already told him that, so maybe he just forgot it. But he mm-hmm. was like, Whoa, "Like, like, when <laughs> we, were, we were driving by our house? Oh, Luke okay. and I rented a house on Everard Court in Missoula, yeah. and." Uh, and Stacy goes, hey, that's where Dad used to live. And James like, what? And I was like, yeah, with Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was. That was a good time. And then I had to go get married and screw, screw all up. Screw it up. Yeah. I think the most hungover I've ever been was when I lived on Everard Court. And I don't have a cure. I don't have a best hangover cure. But my, my avoidance of hangover is always just the first moment I wake up, even if it's in the middle of the night, just on accident, yeah. I pound water and take three ibuprofen yeah. and just go back to bed. Um, I don't get necessarily hungover anymore, but some sometimes if I drink wine, I will wake up with a headache. Mm. It's sugar content. There's a, a Liquid RX, little packets that you stir in. Mm. Stuff's game changer. Um, this is Prince normal Sunday morning routine. Oh my God. No, it is not. It was <laughs> mine today. <laughs> um, I, I'm super embarrassed about this. I'm going to bridge this story. But there was a tailgate. There was a homecoming game where a friend of mine brought some mixed drink that had, I'm pretty sure, Everclear in it. And Mike, I drank a cup that size of it. A this giant. is like a liter cup. <laughs> So I drank a liter of some juice with uh, Everclear in it at halftime of a homecoming game. Grizz, Grizz played North Dakota. Um, I had a friend uh, who has a, a suite, and Grizz were put into North Dakota pretty good. And I went up there, and I remember walking in the north entrance, walking up to his suite because he texted and said, hey, come on up. Not a lot of people are here today. And then from that point on, it was it was lights out. <laughs> I did meet our now governor. <laughs> <laughs> I told him my name was Thomas Jefferson. Oh my god! <laughs> um, 
And the funny thing was, is he was being toured with like Greg Sundberg and Dan Ingram with athletics and everybody knows who I am. And they're like, Oh, I'd like you to meet him. Like, hi, I'm Thomas Jefferson. I'm like, what is this guy doing? (laughs) At least you didn't throw up everywhere. No, I didn't. At least not there. Um, that's hilarious. So in the middle of the fourth quarter, like I kind of come to a little bit and I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like, I just got to get out of this suite. And so I go out cause like I tailgate, but I'm like, obviously like I can't, nothing is happening here. And so my wife had to come get me. I was going to say your mom um, had to clean up the tailgate all by herself. <laughs> no. Cause at that point, fortunately at that point still, we had paid, uh, oh, we, we had to help kids like pack everything up. <laughs> Thank God. Oh my goodness. And um, I went home and uh, basically then, yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, sung the song of my people and slept on the bathroom floor and woke up at midnight, uh, very hungover at that point, because when you fall asleep at 2.30 in the afternoon. Um, and the funniest thing was, because so this was when we were between UM presidents, because Sheila Stearns was the interim. And I just remember, so I wake up and my phone died. And so I wake, no, I left my phone off. And so I go back, I go back to bed. I like get in bed and I go back to bed and I wake up at like six or something and my head is just ringing. I turn my phone on and I have, I swear to God, like 150 texts. And it's like people like, hey, are you okay? Are you alive? And that's like that, like what Clicksby talks about here, like the regret of no recollection. And that was like, that was like a moment where I was just like, God, I'm never doing this again. Um, giant mistake but then the kind of funny thing was that monday there was an email from the um president's office sheila stearns and it said a homecoming to remember oh. <laughs> and i screenshot it and i texted it to some of my buddies i was like bullshit steal sheila i don't remember anything from homecoming <laughs> totally forgettable so, oh my god ah <laughs> uh, super funny. like in hindsight super stupid embarrassing moment um and yeah yeah, last night I had a little too much whiskey, but it definitely, you kind of hit a point where it's like, pump the brakes. And yeah, so. Um, okay, Blake Hempstead, will ESPN use the same camera angles to film your podcast as they did last night? <laughs> <laughs> so are we just going to leave your uh, your drunk story alone? Like, we, we're not touching that? Well, what, what more is there to touch on? I don't know. I mean, okay. I don't know who it, else. Do you, who else did you learn after the fact that you met in the in the box? What, what what's that? Well, you met our future governor. Yeah. Did you meet anyone else? Meet anyone else? Apparently, I mean, like uh, the the bank president of Stockman's. I hung out in his box for a little bit too, and told him my name was Thomas Jefferson, and he also knows who I am too. So that was great. Um, the, everything else then came to me by way of text because I don't. I don't know if it was like literally blackout, like. Uh-huh. Ugly, embarrassingly stupid. So, so the next time you met the governor, did you say, hey, we've actually met? Did you <laughs> tell a story up. to him? <laughs> I only met him one other time. Well, when he was our uh, congressperson, mm-hmm. and he uh, gave us a tour of uh, the Capitol building. But there was no, hey, remember me. I should have told him my name is Thomas Jefferson. Seen if he would have reacted. All right. I don't know. I don't have any stories like that. Luke's like, no, lips are sealed, no, which, is, I, which is common for my, my life experiences with Luke. Man. His lips are sealed as a vault. I also remember I got really, really drunk and hungover at 
Sprinkler Maniac's wedding. Yeah. John Cuddy. Yeah. He threw a great wedding. And I was so hungover after that one. But again, I have no suggested cures. I've never. Hydrate. It's about hydration. And drink water the night of water. as you're going. Like for me, coconut water. Uh, people like Pedialyte. I think it's gross, but Liquid RX. Okay. Moving forward now. Or do we, is there anything more we want to talk about? Okay. Mike, you sure? Um, Dave Dogs points out special teams, two tipped field goals, an ill-prepared onside kick um, led us to overtime. One of these three things don't happen, and the Grizz uh, win odds probably go to 99.99999%. I just He's totally right. Like, wait, I just don't know what else to say about special teams. It is so confounding that for a uh, a coach that prides himself on that he must be just pulling his hair out yeah. like because it's not all him i mean don't get me wrong I, I it has to be the frustrating thing about being a coach is you can you can't make all the plays for your players right yeah well that's been some of the like some of i see it a little bit more on on uh on like some facebook comments today and stuff where people are like bobby hawk needs to catch that on site you know Catch that is like Bobby Hawk wasn't on the damn field. Like you know, it's like I drilled the you know you drill the stuff into these kids for so like. But at the end of the day, it comes down to some you know you kind of kind of execute. And sometimes the weird shit happens. Like uh, there were some replies. I think I was seeing it on uh, Twitter that someone at the game was saying it was more like of a squib kick because I haven't actually seen video of the ball hitting the Grizz player. The ESPN cameras missed it. I didn't even know that it hit the player. It went more than ten yards. I mean, you look at the. I thought it bounced off a guy, but see, I, I don't know. So, um, Johnny Metropolis on that kind of thread brings in here uh, with chatter on special teams. Uh, last year, Shan Schillinger helped out with that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we're missing Shan a little more than we thought. Um, then also asked, what's more likely this week, an onside kick or Malik Flowers returning a touchdown? A kick for a touchdown. Uh <laughs> Onside kick for sure. I think an onside kick's coming for sure. And yes, <laughs> see these questions I miss are you, just Shan. Us straight. <laughs> yeah. we all Hi, miss Shan. You, Shan. <laughs> um, man, I would love flowers because he needs one more. He's got the record. Yeah, yeah. He had some chances. He did. Yeah, they actually kicked him a couple. Yeah, they had one kind of getting. Yeah. Um, Luke Rounds Grizz went out 9-2 and two With two road games Over top 10 teams Did we get a seed? Yes Like I said uh, What are chance, What are our chances Of pulling this off Or is 7-4 and four more realistic? I mean I don't know It feels like to me 8-3 and three is probably The most realistic Just Because I do yeah, still 8-3 and three feels the most realistic 9-2 yeah. and two seems like Wishful thinking But yeah. you know you, you, Crazier things have happened Yep Absolutely uh, Monty is my hero. Offense played good enough to win. 24 points, no turnovers. Defense, 31 points allowed. Couldn't get a stop when really needed. Kicking game, didn't. Two block field goals, onside kick fiasco. Disgusting defense, like, defense, sure, they didn't get a stop at the end, and that's frustrating, but it's like at some point your morale just breaks. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are they? Like, they did their part, and the offense did not help them. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, up with Montana boys, seems like uh, the staff is always playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, we haven't touched on that, but um, is there more to that question? Basically just saying, you know, now that the goal of, like, winning the conference is not attainable, um, 
will this coaching staff, I don't know, relinquish a bit of control and give this supremely talented roster a chance to shine? I mean, there's always the possibility that the roster is not as talented as we think, which to me goes back to if that's the case and there's coaching issues. But I texted, I don't know if it was you guys or someone else during the game. It felt like Bobby Ball. Like yeah. Bobby looked to me on the sidelines during that game like he did in several of the championship games where we failed to kind of recognize that, yeah, we were, we were working, we were making it work. But you just knew it wasn't that wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. And you know we were playing for field goals when we needed touchdowns, and I know there was a lot going on, but I, I worry about that. Like I think that we we have a tendency in in big tight games to start to over put over overburdened expectations on what our defense is going to do to stop big plays. And in that style, you have to execute everything so perfectly because the margin of error, yeah. you're like, we are going to just control this and just like yep. eke out almost like Indiana Jones sliding underneath like the closing door <laughs> to grab his hat. Right. And like, look at this. We play these probabilities. And we knew <laughs> the 51% chance would fall in our favor eventually. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like, nah. These are college kids. And Sac State, you know, as ESPN pointed out to us, led the nation in scoring plays, scoring drives under two minutes. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I hope so. But I, what, what in the coaching history of this staff would tell us that they would want to do that? I guess that you could look at the Idaho game. Years and years and years ago, where oh. they ran the option yeah. out of necessity. Oh, three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, you know, and there have been moments, like with Sneed, where it's like we're coming up with new plays mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, consistently yeah. being dynamic on offense. Yeah, I don't know. I believe it when I see it. Yeah, that's. I'm going to need to see it to, to build some hope into that myself. Rick Sanchez, which conference will Montana be playing in by 2026 or 2030? Hopefully the snow belt. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I just, I, more and more, I just I feel like we're going to be stuck right here. I feel the like we're going to be stuck, so we need to figure something out. But all oh, the big sky is frustrating. Yeah. Nick Larkin, the people demand a GFP live stream during a Grizz road game, preferably paired with libations. When will this happen? What would be the best road besides MSU, of course, but like Weber? That's it. <laughs> or a playoff game. Playoff game. What about Idaho? Like, just I'm thinking future season. Oh yeah. I mean, it could be fun. You know, get on stream like yard and, stream or stream yard. Yeah. And... We can figure it out. This is something we, maybe fun. we might have to get Kyle Hansen to help us a little bit, even though he'd be traveling with the team. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So Bridger actually kind of makes a, a similar point uh, that we'd already brought up. Just, uh, you know, after the loss, cooling down, reflecting on this team, uh, feel better about the way the Grizz are playing coming off this loss than they did after the Idaho. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Johnny Claxton. Regardless of the loss, I, regardless of the loss, I believe our trajectory and confidence is up after watching the guys last night. I'm way more excited and content this week than last. I'm expecting a win next Saturday. Agree or not? Hundred percent, dude. Yeah, 
Yep. Totally with you, John. I think we're there. I think we're all there. Yeah. <sighs> okay. These are these are some newer replies, and I'm just um Caden Caden suck it. <laughs> suck it. Uh kind of points out the same thing if it wasn't for the onside kick and you know, these things winning out could definitely land you a seed. Um like the way they feel about you know, feel better after coming off the loss. Uh, Chris, Christopher Caprio, for all of you realtors, so Luke, you're out on this question. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> what kind of uh, Luke, no, no. Luke? Luke, I think you can absolutely answer this question. <laughs> what kind of house are the Grizz? How many bedrooms, bathrooms, square foot? I love this they? question. <laughs> how much? Do, how much do they sell for in this market? And what is the percent chance that the Grizz get to be in the playoffs at this point? I don't even know how to answer this question. I love this question, and I want you guys to answer it. Damn it! Like I, I want to. That's like one I feel like I need to prepare what, for. What neighborhood is this? Is this Grizz team in? They are a fixer upper in the University District. They're going to sell for good bones eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> um, even though they need some new windows, but a lot of work's been done. Great bones. Great yard, great back patio, need a little love. Uh, cleaned up, selling for one point five million. Or are they Ooh. are they a split level up the rattlesnake? So their value anywhere else in other spots is all right, serviceable, but because of the known area. You're interesting. You're talking about a talking about a, a regional uh, uh, price push. Uh, I don't know. I like what you said better, Mike. <laughs> it's like this listing I have right now. <laughs> if you go to realtor.com right now, oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Southwest AKA Grizz. I'm doing fine. I'm a little hungover. Um, yeah. A lot of people were reaching out to me based upon my my tweeting last night uh, or this morning, I guess technically. Um, Colin Milton says it might be time to consider that the Grizz might have a coaching problem this year. Offensive play calling is incredibly obvious last night. Um, inside run and then pass, he says. Special teams has been prepped for an onside kick that should have been fixed after last week's misadventure. I mean, first of all, there's zero chance that that wasn't addressed multiple times. No, yeah. Zero. Yeah. Um, I would like to hope that it was addressed on the sidelines right before that one, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, But do I think we have some coaching issues right now? How could you not? Yeah. And Bobby Houck has basically said that the last two weeks in his press conferences. How could you not? Yeah. Stubbs 406, do you agree Do you agree it was evident that if Johnson stays in the game, I'm going to add to his or their response that is healthy and stays in the game, that we absolutely roll. Seem that way to Stubbs 406. Stubbs, I agree with you. Yeah. Johnson, Johnson came ready to play. The game plan that they cooked up was tailored towards his style. And, and he looked like he was ready. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, I think we win that game for sure. Yep. Um, just question: Where is Cole Grossman? How's he not on the field? Not uh, the number one target uh, for the last play of the game. 
I don't know, but I don't understand how last year when Cole Grossman was clearly Chris Brown's preferred target. Yeah. That goes back to the bigger thing. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I just, I kind of think that the tight end must be like third or fourth on the read list. Are we needed to keep the tight ends, tight ends in more to block? Like, is that more of a thing this year? Maybe that could be a good point. Um, got a question here. Um, how we thought the O line played? Thought it was one of our best showings of the year. Yep, I think we kind of touched on that. Yeah. <laughs> Noah Bramadale says, uh, should we just start a scrub at quarterback every time we play on ESPN two? Cam got hurt in both of them last year, and Lucas in this one. So this is the new strategy when we have an ESPN game. We we bring in. I don't know. The red shirt kid. Uh, what's his name? Hoyt? 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 How do you say his name? <laughs> I don't want to get a kid hurt. Like, that's this is a joke, right? <laughs> but you bring him in. But you're suggesting gets, we gets, don't start our And he gets starting. knocked out because it's the ESPN game. And then we bring Johnson in. And then we We're just kind of jinxed. Like, <laughs> night games have not been our friend. No, they've not been. Um, Eric Witz, first of all, I'm sorry, Mike. Brown looked decent once he settled in. The crow has been eaten. <laughs> if you guys had one day of eligibility remaining, what position would you guys want to play in the Brawl of the Wild? Uh, long snapper. <laughs> Backup. Backup long snapper. <laughs> God, dude, what position? Well... You could make me the sacrificial one-snap quarterback. Oh, there you go. Because I just don't think my body could handle very many plays anymore. You know? Yeah. The You know, after 30, your body gets stiff and, like, I get injured so fast. I would love, like, for the ability to try to play, like, linebacker. Oh, my God. (laughs) But after an O-lineman just... Steamrolls me yeah. like I'm like rubs I'm his done. belly on your face, right? Like, like oh, no, way. no thanks, no way. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Okay, Spencer Walsh upset with the officials. We are too. Silver Tip Nation. Um, <laughs> Silver Tip. Okay. Is this? Oh, okay, okay. The tweets kind of came in a weird order. Uh, which one of the football gods? Did the Grizz piss off to get two weeks of bad officiating calls and bad bounces of football? Um, and he says, yes, I know we should be able to overcome these as a team, not trying to make excuses. Well, the Cats are gifted eight points and six possessions. It's the way it goes sometimes. Yep. I mean, that's just that's football. That's um, it goes. So Silvertip says uh, there are four uh, Grizz players hanging over the edge of a ravine full of cannibals. Lucas Johnson, Junior Bergen, Pat O'Connell, Robbie Houck. They are unable to pull themselves up, and if not saved, they will be dropped and devoured. Which one would you choose to save for the sake of the team, with a caveat that this is purely for fun, surrounding what you think is the most important for our team? Note, ill will intended. So Silvertip is not saying he wants cannibals to eat three of the four players named. Lucas, Jr., Pat, Robbie. Lucas. I mean, I would. Jr., Pat, Robbie. I would, I mean, I would think Lucas just, 
I don't mean to. I just quarterback plays. Such I feel an like the drop role. off. Yeah, I feel like the difference in what can what we see on the field is pretty different when you go from Lucas to Chris versus Junior to Keelan or Pat to, you know, um, what the edge on that side is. Who's this backup? Um, a lot of guys there. And Robbie, same kind of thing. Like, we've got six safeties. We've got a handful of edge rushers. Um, thanks, it's, a, it's a drop. Thanks for ask, not asking which one we would let go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. So, hopping over to Egris, someone is wondering if Bobby owes Chris Brown's family money, um, <laughs> is the funny comment there. But he says that uh, Chris Brown is not an effective RPO quarterback. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and he did. He came in and he had a good second half because they did short passes and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, it didn't – it wasn't enough in this game. And he just doesn't fit whatever system it is we're trying to run. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay, Bruskies says, well, the rest of the Big Sky Conference coaching staffs were developing backup quarterbacks and backup plans for when the starting quarterback goes down. Was our coaching staff doing one of these three things? Option one, playing cards. Option two, recruiting safeties. Option three, <laughs> finding creative new ways to run inside zone run plays into the backs <laughs> of our offensive linemen. <laughs> Obviously being a smartass and yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I'm reading these, people like think I'm saying them. So I wanted to point out that that's yeah Brewskies on Egris. <clears throat> Brewskies. I'm going to say the last option is what they've been doing. You think most. this staff is a card playing staff? I bet in points of their lives they were, right? I could totally see that. I don't know. I don't think Bayer's playing cards. Do you think Bobby ever bluffs? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do you think his poker face is that good or do you think his assistants know oh <laughs> if anybody from staff is listening please just message us this we won't tell you yeah no. <laughs> um MT Grizzrule says if either of you were Big Sky Conference Commissioner how would you improve officiating what accountability and repercussions would you implement this is such a tough one because I know that it's becoming harder and harder to hire officials. Yeah. First of all, I would do something we talked about last week, <clears throat> and this is sport-wide. I think I would I would get better at implementing and taking advantage of technology, you know, using yeah. using a chip to spot the ball, stuff like that. Um, I also think that it doesn't do officiating any good to basically hide discussions about officiating from coaches and the public. Like they can obviously have a behind the scenes conversation, but if they talk about it publicly, they get fined. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we need to put the officials out for press conferences. I think that'd be terrible, but I do think it would be better off if we let coaches talk more openly about officiating. And if the big site conference was a little bit more open in explaining what they're doing to correct mistakes. I actually think that they should come up with a, podcast um, that they put on YouTube, right? With with video and stuff. And they should talk about all of the play calls that are interesting. Mm -hmm. And they could use the streaming revenue 
to pay the officials more. <laughs> I bet it would be very well watched. It might be. Right? And like also just good play calls, bad play calls. Um, hey, what were you thinking there? And then like some guys would just be like, hey, yeah, I fucking blew it. <laughs> like, yeah. whoops. whoops. Like that was a bad one. And then like it would just be really great, I think, to show some personality behind these people. They are human, they are trying. You know that they can admit fault. Um, and then it would just, it'd be really informative. It would, it would be something I would watch every week. Oh, for sure. I would too. It would get so many damn views. Oh yeah. Um, they would make money. They, they would be able to monetize that and, and put the proceeds towards, uh, maybe camps, officiating development, or mm-hmm. even like a percentage of the revenue goes to like, uh, I don't know, distrib- distribution among the officials. Mm-hmm. All right. Good ideas. I got nothing else to add. Uh, so both MT Grizz Rule and then a couple posts down, Grizz and Gatorland uh, kind of seem to be seeking comment about feeling if Rosenbach is the right answer at offensive coordinator. I I mean, that's this like a thing of like, I don't really have a clue you know, how to answer that. If we're having the that. same conversation every year, yeah. it, maybe not. Yeah. And maybe Peggs isn't either, and maybe that's not fair, and I don't understand anything about coaching, and that's all fine. But yeah. it, it just seems that we run into so many teams <clears throat> in our conference who have way less advantages than us, have way less talent than us, that have more creative offenses. Yeah. So it can't just be a talent alone thing. Right. But. Can be right. Yeah. It's tough. I don't know. Um. Someone wants to wants us to guess how many players are going to go in the portal this year, which seems like a weird request oh, for us. I think we were asked that last week as well, too. I, I have, have no clue. I have no idea. I mean, and, like, it's kind of a crazy thing. Like, teams face adversity. And if guys leave for opportunities or playing time, Samori Ture, we talked about him before. You know, if some of these juniors have a chance to – if their goal is to get in the league and they have a chance to go play at a higher level to showcase their skills and get in the pros, more power to them. Yeah. Um, if there's guys that are just bailing out after a couple bumpy weeks, I mean, and that's like the thing, like, I mean, the cat team from last year is a great example. Embarrassing rivalry loss uh, and your starting quarterback hits the portal that week. You regroup and you get all the way to the national championship. And, yeah, they play some. They, you know, that Weaver game showed it. You have some weird, sloppy ass football, but you know what? They're having a hell of a great time playing out there, and they're finding ways to get lucky and keep winning games. Like, I was, gonna, I, don't know. I was gonna say that. Like, I just if guys are wanting to just leave for playing time, go. Yeah, but I think Mike's point turnover, is also a good one from earlier that he made too. Some turnover is healthy, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't. I mean, like, I was thinking about. I don't know a lot about private sector business, whereas like we have people at this table that do. Um, but but it's very healthy to have turnover in a business or an, an organization. I think maybe the question though was was like how many people that we rely on are yeah. going to leave, you know? And I think there's a lot of folks wondering if Bergen's going to be here for four years. I don't know. I think he stays. Um, my sense is that. It's harder to leave if you're Montana born. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although born and raised. 
um, what's his name went to Texas this year? Solser. Solser, but yeah. yeah, Solser was not gonna play as much, I think, with Burn yeah. on scene. Yeah. Um anyway, I, I think it's hard to know. I think it just depends. But I would never really f- there's a whole set of circumstances where I wouldn't like fault a kid. Right. Most of them I wouldn't. You know, you, you can see the writing on the wall. You're like, hey, I'm not gonna play. They just recruited someone who I can tell is immediately going to be better than yes, me. Yes, that's exactly right. Like, I don't fault the kid for doing what they think is right, even though sometimes they clearly make the wrong decision, but doing what they think is right for them. Yeah. And I also, like, if a kid's going to be a junior and they keep bringing in transfers, that's the writing on the wall. And, you know, they don't have to stick around for that. Yep. Um, yep. The ones that I, th- I worry about are if, if we are too, you know, old-fashioned with how we treat players and young players decide I don't want to do this anymore. Go somewhere more fun. Go somewhere more fun. And I I actually wonder about like if you're worried about if someone is skilled, for example, I'm just, for example, if we have a really skilled player and they're thinking, man, it's really hard to get an NIL deal. The, like the internal milieu here, the internal environment isn't such that like, I'm I'm like losing money. Right. I could go somewhere else, be a starter, and get an NIL deal. Like, why not? Yeah, but I mean, how many NIL deals are you getting at this level that aren't UM, MSU, NDSU? At this level, not a lot. I, well, that's what I'm I'm mentioning Junior Bergen. Like, yeah. is who I'm talking yep. about. Like, hey, yep. it, are we not? Are are we or are we not promoting that stuff or like? Oh yeah, making it feel like it's acceptable sure. to take those deals internally. Yeah, um, I could totally see Junior starting at, at the next like level up, and maybe you know getting compensated for his abilities, and that kind of worries me because we're just not going to have the NIL access for the toppest and most top end players. Yeah, but we never will. As yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. President on uh, on Egros just brings up, <coughs> excuse me, ask kind of a uh, point of the player. Hi, Seth. <laughs> who we can uh, least 19. afford to lose for extended time. Everyone will be saying quarterback, but I have a different take. Grayson Pibble, uh, Weber State shot how important it is to have a good long snapper. <laughs> uh, um, Grizz guy asking the extent of John, if we have any information on. Lucas's injury. We don't have information ourselves, but I think we're all assuming concussion from the hit he took in the game. Uh, Grizzly Ordigger, what do we think is Ramos's actual range? He says he doesn't feel Grizzly Ordigger doesn't feel comfortable with Ramos beyond forty yards. Oof! Totally agree. If that kind of forty to forty-five is there, yeah. If that attempt has a four in front of it, I'm nervous. Yeah, same. What was the question? Just what do we feel Ramos's reliable range is inside forty? You know, the protection was weird. Yeah, like it's just the whole thing it's felt an- it's another bigger. special teams yeah, gaff, right? Just, I don't know. Two of them were kind of blocked, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, Rats of Butte, does everyone else have a feeling the entire game that the Grizz wouldn't be able to hold on to the lead? Feels like this team has the ability to hang with any team in the country. So what are we missing? I just I feel that we 
we didn't take advantage enough of our opportunities early. I, the yeah. whole game, I was feeling like they're going to come back. And, you know, you'd have moments where you'd, you'd be like, oh, they might do it. And there were a few in the fourth quarter from it. I was like, oh, my God. But we didn't do enough early. And I know we had adversity. I know we had injuries. So maybe there was nothing else we could do. But I think I, we needed to be more aggressive earlier to step on their necks. Yeah. With you. I felt like we are going to win that game right up till that onside kick. That's when that sinking feeling yeah. hit me. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It wasn't even a sinking feeling for me, though. It was just like, yep, here we are. Well, that was like the – because I was standing up and pacing around and feeling good. Um, and that was like – that happened, and I think I sat down. And I was like, oh, I've, <laughs> I've been on this ride before. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Everett did have a question for James, but he posted it as we started recording. Oh, no. Um so we'll have to ask him. He's being offered a trade, fantasy football trade, of Zeke for T. Higgins. He's strong at wide receiver and weak at running back. Should he accept it? If you're weak no. at running back, I'd, I'd probably take that. Um, I know. Depending on who your other wide receivers yeah. are. Um, is it a dynasty league? Yeah. Yeah, dynasty. Is it PPR? What is it? Do you guys call it spaghetti or do you call it pasta? I say spaghetti. Are we talking about like actual spaghetti with meat sauce on it? Or yeah. like that's Everett's question. Yeah, that's what I call it. But I mean like I didn't know this was a I want some pasta or would be like well, everything kind of else. Pasta. Carbonara, Alfredo, like what kind of pasta? But spaghetti. We should really be asking what, Kyle. Okay, this. when I hear pasta, I wonder is it like you know, the different types of pasta? Yep. Is it like the like I mean but like the noodles, you know, you could have like a linguine noodle. You can have like the spirals. Right. That's what I wonder. Okay. When when I hear spaghetti, I think like spaghetti, like the long skinny yeah. noodle. That's what I think too. Yeah. Um. Everett also wonders uh, our thoughts on how pathetic their crowd was last night. <laughs> uh. I guess I. I guess I feel that though. They got the win. <sighs> that they did there's just so much to do in california <laughs> that's so nice out it is i mean it is kind of the like you look at the like dumping rain and bozeman and the cats had a pretty packed house you know <clears throat> regardless of how you know hopefully no not hopefully after the Grizz beat weaver when they come back here uh you know we've got a night game against cal poly we're gonna have a packed house it's you know it, you do grow to appreciate some of these things that we have as Grizz fans with the sport and the, and because Idaho coming, you know, having their best season since moving back with the inside track to at least share the conference had a very low turnout. Yeah. And, and you know, they got a dome there and it was like kind of crummy weather outside if I remember correctly. So it's just like, go watch the first place Vandals and, they couldn't even fill up the stadium with what is it like eighteen thousand people? It's just weird. They failed so, yeah. to ring the bell again. Yeah, ring that bell. <clears throat> oh man, uh, that gentlemen are the questions that we've had. Oh, you know what? No. Oh, you got a few. You got some more? Yeah. Hang on. Sorry. Here, I thought we were done. Uh, question for the pod. This comes from Donovan. Uh, drawing parallels to last year, we lost two games in October, both to ranked teams, 
We then went on to mostly a mostly dominant year minus the Southern Utah game. Now, granted, Idaho isn't Sac State or last year's Eastern team. How do you guys feel about this year's team sitting at 5-2 and two compared to last year's team that was also sitting at 5-2? and two? Secondary question, um, say we do secure another 5-8 to eight seed and go to Sac, what would your prediction be at basically in a rematch? I actually feel that if we rematch with either of our losses in the playoffs at them. their places, I feel good about it. Absolutely. Like, this is such a weird season because I actually – feel like this team could win on the road in the playoffs. This is such a weird team. Yeah. I feel more optimistic because we have Lucas Johnson. Yeah. Um, his ceiling is higher than Cam's. Um, you know, so it's, it's it's not over for sure. With you. Yeah. All right. That, I think. Let me just check the GFP. Were there any direct messages on that? I don't think um, Let's see. <clears throat> um, Weaver's going to be fun, Luke. Brent, so sorry excited. you can't join us, but enjoy your special getaway with your wife. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, guess there's more to life than sports. I guess so, huh? <laughs> I'm excited because uh, obviously the Grizz, but also we get to see Ja Morant play. That's, uh, that's so awesome. He's like... Uh, a world class explosive athlete. You gotta make sure we gotta get tickets. So like Kellen's gonna come through for right. us. Kellen Kellen's solid. He's he's a responsible adult. Recently married. Congratulations, Kellen. All right. His uh his brother's actually a graduate assistant for the Grizz basketball team. Oh, oh nice. cool. Cool. Yeah. Um um I just think it's pretty cool that like when we kind of started talking about this, Kyle talked to me a while ago. I think actually on the pod, like we should go. And then you mentioned last week, yeah, we should do this. And I'm in my head thinking, you know, James has been telling me he wants to go to an away game. Like, I hope these guys are okay with it when I bring it up. And both you and Sample were like, absolutely. So I really appreciate that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually excited that, you know, I guess we're at this part of our adult life. So we're bringing a nine-year-old with us. Is going to make it more fun. It's actually going to make it so much more fun. Well, we're going to, like, he's going to be thrilled for that NBA game. So, I mean, like, you guys, we are, we're going to have some fun on that one. Hell yeah. I mean, the Grizz game, too. That's going to be a blast. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. It's going to be a good sports weekend. I can feel it. All right. We're due for one. Holy crap. The Yankees just got swept by the Astros. So, (laughs) I hope they fire Cashman, fire Boone, (laughs) burn it all down. God, I saw something about, revenue invested into the team um since like 2005 and the yankees used to invest 76 percent of their revenue in their team and like in 2019 it was down to like 29 percent oh hmm. so <laughs> yeah we, we miss um george steinbrenner the steinbrenner <laughs> children are, are uh, greedy <clears throat> they should have extended judge you know they should. Have Judge it. went like oh for the playoffs. Hey, Judge is going to look great in Seattle next year. So, <laughs> <sighs> you know what? If he ended up there, I'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm really am pulling for Seattle to build on their success. Yeah, hell yeah. Because <laughs> I I'm going to need to identify another team to root for in the playoffs when the Yankees keep <laughs> pissing away chances and going oh for the freaking playoffs. I I don't know if you noticed this, but I shared a Facebook memory this week mm. from 2010. And it was basically get a damn hit with runners on base. Uh, it's been a decade of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 
Thanks, guys. This felt good. Hopefully, people enjoyed it. Good chat. Um, If we know you, we'll see you at the game. Come find us. If you're listening to us from the athletic department, get us sideline passes. Let's do it. (laughs) We're great. GoGrizz.com slash QB club. If we don't know you, we'll see you right back here next week. Go Grizz. Fight on.